Yeah, I'm gonna start it. No, there's no, there's no rules. I that was the first thing I did when I set up the, um, I, I don't know, account platform whatever mm -hmm. on the site is that I was like, is it clean or explicit? I was like explicit because I knew <laughs> Brendan and I would swear a lot, and I, I think I had this conversation already with someone. So, Solid. I are? love no rules. I thrive under no rules. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Hmm. No, the the oh yeah the bourbon and soda. Mm -hmm. That's not too bad. It's not mine's not bubbly. Did I just miss it? I think it's just been sitting a bit, and the the club soda wasn't cold before. Is like, it supposed to be? Yeah, club soda you you put in the fridge. No. And then I it's, didn't. It's like a soda. So. Our, our fridge is too full for that. <laughs> yes, your wife is very upset that she doesn't have an an Instagrammable fridge or like a Pinterest fridge. Well, that's because she leaves things in there for months. <laughs> She in, she, she in January, I think it was in January, threw away food from Thanksgiving. She had tortellini, oh that no. gluten-free tortellini that her family had made mm -hmm. from Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving, and she threw it away in January. So it was really, um, <clears throat> it was crazy. Well, welcome to, oh, you're actually the first one, welcome to... Writer's block outsourced. You're the Ooh. first person, because I've talked to every last three people about, I wasn't sure what to call it. I was still yeah. trying to decide. I like the name you've decided yes. on. And this is the little, this is the little thingy. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So very cute logo. That's what we, that's what was picked this it's, morning when I uploaded like, it. It's very small town bookstore vibe. Well, so Brennan had said, um, when I was talking to him trying to figure out the name, because I had played around with a number of different names. And he was like, I just keep thinking outsourced because there's this like 50s, 60s business vibe I think you mm. bring to things. And outsourced just seems appropriate for that. <laughs> so I, the colors I had when I, w I had asked him what color scheme he was thinking and while I was waiting for him, I put something together like that with those. I had looked up like old advertisements. Yeah. It's it's the maroon, mm -hmm. it's the gold, it's very like small town bookshop. In the black, yeah. Slash like, yeah, like old like <coughs> matchbox. Yeah. So, so there it is. Writer's block outsourced. And then we'll just, because I was trying to, I wasn't sure. I had played around with a bunch of different things to do different kinds of things, whether it was a discussion or an interview, because the last three I've done have been interviews and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I was just like, you know what, I'll just say outsource will cover anything that's not Brendan and I yeah. talking normally. So so it's all encompassing. Solid. But yeah, no, I'm pretty happy about it. Um, so what are we talking about? You <laughs> haven't told me. It's a yet. great question. Because it's, it changes whether or not it's an interview or a discussion. Yeah, so we were talking a bit about like either fashion or travel. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely would love to get on those topics at some point, like come back to that. Yeah, I've just had kind of like relationships and like love mm -hmm. on my brain a lot lately. Love. Oh. Um, it's a dirty not, word. Not, it's a dirty, <laughs> dirty word. Um, but we've been we've gotten on the topic a few times of just Yo. like you've you've said like oh i wish i would have done more or like before getting married or like oh yeah yeah um and so i thought it would be having fun like lived to... <laughs> yeah so i think it'd be fun <coughs> since we're kind of mm -hmm. two very different sides of the spectrum like you've yeah. had two long-term serious relationships mm -hmm. and then kind of settled <laughs> one got really serious eventually <laughs> too right serious dun, dun, too dun. serious 
rings and everything. Um, whereas I can't, I don't classify myself as ever having a relationship. Ever? No. You never dated anyone, or do you? Relationship is different than dating, which no, is different not, than going on dates with, which is different than fooling yeah, around or not whatever. Not even long term, like dating multiple times. I can count on like one hand the people mm-hmm. that I've kind of considered like like influential yeah. love interests in okay. my life, and even then it wasn't like it wasn't dating. It was mm-hmm. like it was like I'm into this person, and it kind of spans a long time. Yeah. But it was never like, oh, we're consistently dating. So okay. I, I wouldn't consider myself being in a, any relationships. Mm. But I've like dated around, like small, mm-hmm. like casual dating. Where okay. is that something you've never? I've done? never, so. ever, ever had a date <laughs> with someone I didn't date for four years. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you think about it, um, Sydney and I started dating when I was newly fifteen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like, I mean, that's... That was really young. Yeah, and it wasn't like... With with both Sydney and Amanda, it wasn't like you guys, like, met and it was immediately, like, a romantic thing. It wasn't like a, hey, I like you, let's go on a date, let's get to know each other. Mm -hmm. It was, we have an established Mm -hmm. connection. I'd already been friends. And we like to turn it into something more. Yep, I had been friends already. Which is why I think it's so funny listening to people talk about saying I love you to people Mm. because I mean with theater you say that to strangers and um so that was never something I guess you could talk about when you said it romantically or in like Mm -hmm. the general idea of romantic which is one of my favorite topics romantic what it should mean Mm -hmm. like like that I think it's been hijacked by this purely relationship which is usually very sexual kind Mm -hmm. of a deal whereas i think romantic really should be held for deep feelings for Mm -hmm. people whether it's platonic or you know i guess but here's the thing is the only other term you have is you 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 would say platonic in romantic Mm -hmm. and i don't agree with that and but you couldn't say platonic in sexual because that tips it over into mm-hmm. something else, and I think there should be a word for what we consider romantic relationships. It should mm-hmm. be separate because romantic, I think, is such a powerful word, and we do use it in contexts outside of those mm-hmm. kinds of relationships, um, serious um, relationships. Relationship—I don't even know how to say that, right? What mm-hmm. what term to use? Um, that connection, but it, it again, it's it's. Yeah, it has undertones of sexual connection, right? Like there's that mix in. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. Marriage or dating material, like a dating or marriage relationship. Yeah. But I think romantic is a great and perfect word to use for deep, intense, undescribable feelings you have for people. And that can be completely platonic, but mm-hmm. there's no other way to put that. And romantic, I think, is a great thing you talk about 
romanticize and the romantics mm-hmm. and things like that. It's a very passionate, right? It's it's blind and passionate. Mm-hmm. And sure, that can be dating, marriage, relationships, but it can also be family. It can be friendship and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I that's I a whole other tangent. But. <laughs> I completely agree, though. I am a huge, huge romantic, like almost to <clears throat> my own detriment. Mm-hmm. I am a huge romantic. Yeah. Um, and in many facets like I say I'm a huge romantic or I say I'm romanticizing something mm-hmm. and people automatically assume it's like oh well, you have relationships built up mm-hmm. in your head like yeah like a romantic relationship <clears throat> built up in your head um or like you're making everything a love story you're making yeah. everything this or that but really it is I just <clears throat> I I have a tendency to like my brain kind of wanders and mm-hmm. goes into these goes down these different pathways yeah. of like of just spinning stories and spinning like ideas of romance, mm-hmm. romantic ideas, um, yeah. and romantic concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also just have the idea of romance in literature, romance in film. Like things can be romantic without it being a relationship is happening on screen. Yeah. Um, there's a huge, there's like that huge idea of like romantic poetry. Like a love poem is so like very different than things can be romantic and mm-hmm. lyrical and like beautiful. Yeah. Without it being, this is a man and a woman falling in love. Like, that's... Yeah. I, yeah, I think we need to kind of have better terminology for yeah. relationships that go far beyond just, I'm your friend, mm-hmm. or we're dating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I consider a lot of my, like, friendships, like, people I consider kind of my found family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have, like these beautiful like amanda and i we have Mm -hmm. like we go on our cute little like friend dates where we go and see a new coffee shop or we try and like plan Mm -hmm. a farmer's market to go to and it is very romantic in the like colorful and like and like happy and just like Mm -hmm. sunny and beautiful romantic is an ideal yes idealized well and we we romanticize things and we use that term for all kinds of stuff we use we talk about we romanticize um, suicide, we romanticize yeah, war and history, we romanticize being poor, we romanticize yeah you can talk about countless things. We romanticize pain and suffering a lot, and I mean that's that's its own separate thing. I talked to Amanda about I think it's it's very harmful for me at least to to have suicide be romanticized as this like peaceful ending. So I started writing things about suicide being dark and awful, right? And empty and depressing. And, and that, that was helpful for me. Um, but there is um, there's a big thing right now with uh, like artsy teen and early 20s <laughs> girls. Um, yeah. People who are very into Vincent van Gogh, which I am. Myself. You don't say van Gogh. <laughs> I do not. Okay. <laughs> Um, just because that sounds really ridiculous. Pretentious. Plus, he got his name mostly in France, and he spent a lot of his life in France, so mm-hmm. Van Gogh probably would have been what he was known for. Because mm. that's how French would pronounce it. Is even it? though he's Dutch. Yeah. He's Dutch? He's Dutch. I know nothing about him. I saw that <laughs> movie, though, where they painted, hand-painted oh. every frame. That was incredible. That is the extent to which mm-hmm. I know him. So... He he killed himself. Yeah. I mean, there's there's also kind of speculation that it was like a frame job that somebody else killed him. Yeah, just the angle that was the in the movie. That there's a whole the, thing. Yeah. 
Um, but there's this one line that was kind of, I think it's kind of been bastardized now, um, but it was from one of his letters, and it's something like he used to eat yellow paint because yellow mm. was a color that made him happy and he wanted to feel happy inside. Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's this line that, that kind of goes around that's like, everyone has their yellow paint. Everyone oh. has their thing that they do, even though it's unhealthy, but it brings them some type of joy. And there's kind of this romanticizing over his suicide and his mm-hmm. death. Which oh, is, yeah. And people saying like, oh, well, without his depression, without his suicidal thoughts, we wouldn't have had the Starry Night painted. Mm-hmm. Or we wouldn't have had all these incredible works of art yeah. that he created. And so it kind of creates that stigma of romanticizing mental health and mm-hmm. romanticizing um, just a horrible, horrible ending, even though he had most of his incredible like breakthroughs, you could say, mm-hmm. while he was in a treatment center. Yeah. While he was getting treatment. He was and getting help. Getting help and he wrote all these beautiful letters to his brother Theo mm-hmm. that was basically saying like I I feel better I feel like I can touch my art and touch people in better mm-hmm. ways and then he would you know hit a relapse of his bad mental health and he'd yeah. start writing like I don't know if this is something that I can do every day and I'm waking up and I feel like I can't pull through and I can't be the best artist and Mm -hmm. the best version of myself because every day I'm trudging through this Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's people here like oh he was a beautiful artist Mm -hmm. and he committed suicide and it's like that's not (laughs) it's extremely surface level it's so much more than that well there's that tv show right that came out that everyone um it's 13 reasons why right that that... book pisses me off so much oh it was a book yeah you know what never mind I knew it was a book yeah but I mean that caused lots of controversy because it's a glorifying Suicide. I never mm-hmm. saw any of it, and I've read none of it. So, but from reading synopsises, it I definitely can see the. It looked like it was glorification, but yeah. So we romanticize. We romanticize all kinds of things, but mm-hmm. for some reason, using term like rom- terms like romantic, being romantically in love with someone. Mm-hmm. Or even even saying in love, like yeah. that, I found has its own little stigma to it. To say yeah, you are like, in love with you someone, love someone versus in you're love. in love, yeah. and and I far prefer in love, mm-hmm. and I I personally am a fan of desperately in love. Like yes. I, I've used that a number of times. I, I I've said that to Brenda many times that I'm desperately in love with him. I said that mm-hmm. to Sarah not that long ago. I'm desperately in love with her, and it's it's this overwhelming. Mm-hmm. This overwhelming sense, it's it's like that thing where you want to like, you you love something so much you want to kill it almost yeah. to keep it safe or eat it. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, what is it, the edible, edible mother or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that concept, right? It's, it's, it's being unable, it's, it's being uncertain of what to do with the feelings that you yeah. have. And, and I don't think that the at least the modern English language, as I understand it, has a good way of expressing a lot of those mm-hmm. feelings. And so it becomes hard, and I think relationships become messy because of it. Mm-hmm. And we, a lot of people believe they understand what these certain words mean, but then there are things that other people mm-hmm. think that they mean very specifically. Yeah. I remember people in high school... Um, being told there was a very big difference between saying love you and saying I love you. Kate and I were just talking about Which this. I think yeah. is stupid bullshit. Mm-hmm. But 
like then if, if it means something different then don't say it at all mm-hmm. right then just have the one like that's just it's so stupid to yeah. me but i get it you know i get it in a societal sense but i think it's wrong mm-hmm. and i think it's stupid so i kind of disagree on that in terms of the love you versus i love you but not in the way that love you is more casual i mm-hmm. love you is like romantic yeah so i say i love you to people who i love my friends my family mm-hmm. um and i think we first of all we need to normalize saying i love you to friends and just mm-hmm. people that you even if you're not romantically entwined mm-hmm. like yeah you, if you love someone, tell them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that difficult. Yeah. Um, but Kate and your mom and I were talking about this lately mm-hmm. about um, putting the I back in. I love you as opposed to just saying love you. Yeah. Because love you can be like a, you're just kind of throwing it out there. You're mm-hmm. crossing it out. Love you. Bye. Yeah. Whereas like, I, I strongly believe like you can fall in love with people. You can, you can love people even if you don't want to, but... Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that love is a choice. Mm. Like you wake up every day and say, I'm going to put the people that I love in front of other things. And I'm Mm. going to choose to love those people the best that I can, despite their brokenness, despite their hardships, despite their fallings. Mm -hmm. Um, I strongly believe that love is a choice that we wake up and make every single day. Interesting. Um, And so saying, I love you, it's putting an ownership. It's Mm. saying, I'm choosing to love you. I love you. And that's hmm. kind of how I think of it. Okay. And so I'm trying to be a lot better about when I'm texting someone. Mm-hmm. Being like, okay, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, as opposed to just like, love you, see ya, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is similar to see ya, or later, or hey, or, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. It's very casual, and then we end up making them different. Which is, I, I guess, is normal. You, you have languages, you have formal greetings and informal greetings. I remember in german like you don't say um you just say danke is thank you but dankeschen is like a formal version of it you know all that kind of stuff but i mean we're also less formal and class oriented i guess i can't speak to the class orientation of germany (laughs) but we're in Give general, me the breakdown of we, Germany's socioeconomic. No, I can't. I definitely can't do that. I did. I don't know if you've ever read um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, though. He I does. Have not. It's on my list because you've mentioned it a few times. Well, if you want, I have it. Um, but you're, you're more than welcome. Bar- Wait, you just borrowed something though. What'd you just borrow? Um, Animal Farm. I wrote it down. Oh yeah, Animal yeah, Farm. Yeah, I have to reread it because I haven't read it since eighth grade. And wow. granted, an eighth mm-hmm. grader cannot appreciate the mm-hmm. delicacies of Orwell. Of, of Orwell. <laughs> In his his war on radical socialism. Or socialism, not democratic or republic socialism. I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, anyway, uh, Mal- uh, Gladwell, he talks about um, the... He talks about the difference in, in class and respect in the language of... I think, I think it's the Chinese. It's either the Chinese or the Japanese. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Because he talked about both, but one had to do with uh, rice farming, the other had to do with airplane mm-hmm. um, navigation. Because there was a large period of time, or however, there were a number of incidents of planes crashing, full-on crashing, like all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. And they found out the reason for it was the language, the way that you would speak with um, someone that was senior to you. So, it gives an example. It actually they pulled it from a black box. 
And it was basically like um, the plane was on empty. Okay. This plane was coming in. It was on empty. And, but because the person, the senior person, I think in like the tower, the co-pilot didn't say we are on empty. We need to land now. He said, we are in need of landing when we can, or as soon as we can, or something like that, right? There wasn't this confrontation, or there's one uh, where they were literally heading toward a cliff, literally straight on heading toward a cliff. And the co-pilot is trying to tell the pilot that, but is obstructed from saying, we are heading from a cl- towards a cliff, move now, because mm-hmm. that would be disrespectful. Yeah. And they ran right into it. Ran right into it because the captain just didn't see it or wasn't paying attention or whatever it was. And so, like, they ended up bringing in... And I, I'm my apologies. I read this a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. This is a gist. I'm sorry for what I get wrong. But they brought in, like, American... Um, they brought an American air pilot and teaching people. And they everyone had to learn English to differentiate the language oh, and to not okay. have that barrier of authority mm-hmm. they all had to speak english at all times within the plane so that there was not that barrier oh. of language difference so that they could communicate openly mm-hmm. without that there and so that formality right was kind of stripped away mm-hmm. and, and you were allowed to speak your mind and i think i mean we're known for being blunt mm-hmm. the americans are but and, and to your point, like like being intentional about owning your feelings when you speak to people, mm-hmm. I think is really important. But however, in being more casual, we lose a lot of words that we probably used to have to express certain feelings. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, smush them all into one and then we have to have big debates for the next however long about what they mean like we could spend forever talking about what the definition of love is Mm -hmm. um and you know as every church person knows the what was it the hebrew had four you know different meanings and because everyone's been given that Mm -hmm. um yeah i was gonna say lecture but (laughs) message i think was the one euphelia um, or do you there was another one I don't yeah um, um it is actually not to be that like girl who's obsessed with like you know regency etymology like, um regency. like <clears throat> novels like <throat> very austian stuff but one of the things that i do love yeah. about jane austen and um who i've never read <laughs> she does some lovely work um Bronte, the Bronte sisters, mm. um, Elizabeth Gaskell, that kind of mm. era of Regency yeah. into, um, you know, Edwardian. There are a lot more words to mm-hmm. kind of span and encompass those like range of emotions. And so even though they were at the time very like almost tied down by like society and not being able to speak out of turn, not mm-hmm. being able to you know, approach someone if you hadn't been formally introduced and mm. like, you have to be in the right social convention to address someone, mm-hmm. like all these different things. You hear some of like the, you know, dramatic love confessions that end up in the book or like, you know, the things, all these huge discussions that the books culminate to. And they're some really, really beautiful stuff. Mm. Like um, one of the most famous probably is, you know, Darcy and Elizabeth from Pride and Prejudice. It's, I, you must allow me to describe how much how ardently 
I love and admire you. Mm-hmm. I think ardently, beautiful word. What does it mean? Beautiful word. It's just how abundant, how mm-hmm. how impressive. Okay. I love you. How see, but those are two intense. different words, right? Right? Yeah, abundant, impressive, intense. It's, it's huge, like those but are, it's pressing mm-hmm. and it's it's encompassing, um, yeah. as well as admiring someone i think has lost its touch Mm -hmm. um because you can say like i really admire how you you know handle yourself at work and Mm -hmm. like you're so dedicated but like like admiring someone is a big thing Mm -hmm. saying i look up to you i see what you do and i admire that i feel Mm -hmm. that i i look to it okay yeah i think that's a big thing Mm. um so yeah you definitely see just reading literature from other times it's like there's a huge change in language you lose a lot of those nuances, a lot mm-hmm. of those meanings. Yo, I, I mean, I've suggested for people to read things like Jekyll and Hyde. Mm, so and they can't. Good. And they can't because of all the different... Now, granted, I, I, I couldn't have walked away from most of it being like, oh, I can give you the Webster definition of these words. I could mm-hmm. figure it out, though. And yeah. there were a few words that I did go, oh, I get it, but I really want to look this up. I want yeah. to know how this what this actually translates Mm to. And um, Frankenstein was similar, not quite the same, Mm -hmm. but I think that was written later. A bit later. And Shelley was just kind of a weird thing because like she literally birthed the science fiction genre. Yeah. It was kind of the first of its time. And Mm -hmm. so it was really groundbreaking Mm -hmm. as well as kind of like, kind of like chuck it at the wall and see if it Mm -hmm. sticks. Like I think a lot of her language and like, just her phrasing, the way that she moved about the story mm-hmm. was at the time so unprecedented mm. <laughs> because like science fiction had never really been a thing before. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, I think there are some times <clears throat> when it's like, oh, that's an interesting way to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love Mary Shelley. I think mm-hmm. she does some really great things. But it is, you, you catch yourself sometimes, you're like, oh, interesting wording. <laughs> like that was, yeah. that's, that's a bit weird. <laughs> I've only read Frankenstein of hers but i yeah suggesting it to people is always it's interesting to see what they do because a number of people have been like i couldn't understand it i could not understand Mm. it and i get i was very shocked reading things like jekyll and hyde and frankenstein because they were so different than what i thought they would be Mm. having had culture change and build up the stories in different ways jekyll and and hyde is a lot shorter than you think way shorter and Mm. it's not it's it's not as intense well i mean modern jekyll and hyde is hyde is this monster that grows it's this huge and in the story it's this short man that has no Mm -hmm. sense of empathy or love or anything but he's still courteous Mm -hmm. which is you know it's a very different in the street and they're like under he like tramples a girl oh excuse me yeah yeah yeah. and then later you find out he's literally like killed someone Mm -hmm. and everyone's like how who was that why did that happen like it wasn't some monster that's coming out and everyone's Mm -hmm. afraid of it's just like this this short, short little, little man. man who wears clothes that don't fit him. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I can see people having an objection to that and, and that being very strange. But the language changes things. And I see that in classic literature, which is one of the reasons I think... Okay, so it's hard. Mm-hmm. I am pro everyone le- reading classic literature. And there's so much of it I haven't read that I, I hope and plan to. However, I'm not pro-forcing people to do it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where you're like, I wish I could just download this into people's yes. minds. But so many people I know, because I didn't read any of it in high school at all. Mm-hmm. None of it. And getting into my early 20s, getting glasses was a big help. But started reading uh, and trying to catch up, I had a much significantly larger appreciation for it than the people I knew who had who were forced to read it in high school and talking to some of them a lot of them ended up going back and reading it again because they were like I just you know read it for whatever's sake mm-hmm. um, and I, I can't actually speak to how quickly people had to read books in high school um, when I was at university I had to read a book every I don't know, it was like two weeks, which isn't, mm. that's pretty, that's pretty doggone doable yeah. when it's like one of your only assignments. But in the UK, they don't really give you much of any homework at all. So that was mm-hmm. really nice. That was nice because it was, okay, I have to read this. Mm-hmm. But you're not like cramming, reading, skimming through. I did not finish Huckleberry Finn. I didn't finish mm. it because I, yeah, I didn't make time for that. But... <laughs> Outside of that, I finished everything else that I had to read, and and I really enjoyed the like slight pressure to do mm-hmm. it, but also if I was at all on top of it, I could read it, and so I still got things out of it. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of small, uh, shorter things, like I read Young Goodman Brown, which was incredible. So good. That is such a good. So so good. I was so pissed off because I read it, mm-hmm. and I loved it, and I scheduled an appointment with my, with one of my professors, to talk about it, mm-hmm. for like an hour. And he was like 30 minutes late. And he did not, he was not good at discussing things. He just wasn't. So that was a little disappointing because I was really ready. I had read it one time, made the appointment, read it a second time and made all these notes and sat down with him. Mm -hmm. And he did not quite know. But to be fair, I was taking American literature and he was super sweet. Mm -hmm. He was technically, he was a, PhD student. Okay. Working, he had just gotten his mm-hmm. doctorate, I think. And um and then and him and the other teacher, to be quite honest and frank, did not know what they were doing. They didn't. And and that was just really kind it was mm-hmm. kind of sad. Um the way they posed things and talked about things cuz I I was like, um no. <laughs> that's not the case. Yeah. Like I, I for her own reasons, my teacher, I remember she she ended, we had read, um, we had read a few like classic, what I, what would be considered like feminist short stories. Um, but from a long time, what's, what's that one called? Um, the yellow wallpaper, yellow wallpaper which yeah. I loved. Um, but she like, I, I think we had just read that and she went through like history of 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 women writers and different things mm-hmm. like that and it was very interesting but she ended it with i think with saying like in Oklahoma they didn't abolish the law that allowed women to vote until like the 90s or something like that and left it there and so the person next to me turned to me and was like what and i was like no 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 federal law abolishes the state laws. Women Mm -hmm. were able to vote at the same time within the country, but a lot of states, as they do with a lot of laws, because I was like, there are some states where you can't eat ice cream 
on Sunday. Like, yeah. you know, you have these random There's old laws. They don't get around to abolishing those old laws because it just takes time and yeah. money just and they deal with things, which I don't, that's not to say they shouldn't go through the effort mm-hmm. to do that. But that's like, <laughs> she phrased a lot of things like that. They oh. both did of like posing a number of things. Did you yeah. ever read, um, Rip Van Winkle? Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed that. I loved Rip They Van posed that story as Van Winkle being a lazy bum whose wife works so hard Aww. and is so kind to him and who eventually, who like is the American epitome of like the lazy nomad who, who does nothing and gets away with everything, who goes into the country, whatever, falls asleep, da, da, mm-hmm. wakes up and... His troubles are over and it's like the American ideal of like never having to do anything. And I was like, hold up here. The story is like his wife was the worst and he did work, but then he spent time not working and everyone loved him, including his children. Mm -hmm. And he was nice and kind to everyone. And the wife was mean and he did leave. But when he came back, everyone was like, your wife is dead. We're so happy and we're so (laughs) glad to have you back. I was like, you did not phrase that story yeah. In good context. It was very, it was strange. It was mm-hmm. oddly politicized. Yeah. Everything that they did outside of like Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow was interesting the way they talked about it. And Young Goodman Brown, they did not know enough about the, mm. um, what what were they? Uh, the, holy cow. Oh, what's the term? Oh. The book um, is right there. But, uh, the people that. Quakers? No, not the Puritans. Quakers. Puritans, thank Puritans. you. The Puritans. They knew very little about the Puritans, mm. and they knew nothing about Calvinism. And so that was very unhelpful. So the Puritans are so interesting, actually, because, no. like, they were, you know, people have... You, you have, like, the Scarlet Letter <clears throat> by, by Nathaniel Hawthorne Which I that, like, kind of, kind of shows them as this really, like, suppressive, like... Mm-hmm terrible like you did this bad thing so now Mm. we're gonna ostracize you for ages yeah when really the puritans were kind of the hippies of their time Mm. like they were so much about just like like the lord is our light and like Mm. we're just living by the lord and like we and like we do things through just like the grace of our hearts Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. and and we're just trying to be the best people we can and we're just like they were similar to the pilgrims they were just coming for like religious freedom Mm -hmm. and so then like the Scarlet Letter was written, like, way after the Puritans' time. It was mm-hmm. just set in puritanical, Purit- yeah. like, New England. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Nathaniel Hawthorne kind of, like, skewed it as this mm-hmm. huge, like, really suppressive community. Mm-hmm. But they just, like, they were just trying to, like, live by the means that they knew. Yeah, yeah. Which was the Bible. Wait, didn't he do Young Goodman Brown? That was Nathaniel Hawthorne, Hawthorne yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and so that was interesting because what they, what they talked about in the class, and I can't speak to this in my own research but what he found out his grandfather or grand yeah was part of the salem witch yes, trials yeah um oh and gosh, so it what, was young uh, goodman like brown was like, mather i think hmm. cotton mather wow perhaps um yeah and you can actually so his great-grandfather wrote a whole bunch of the tales of the salem mm-hmm. witch trials and you can read them as kind of like um all of the the kind of women that they um, saw and the the tests that they would do to see mm-hmm. if they were actually a witch and the circumstances surrounding mm-hmm. it. He wrote um, tales about all of them, but they were greatly fictionized. Yeah. Um, and they were very dramatized. Wow. Okay. Super interesting. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> 
I should never talk literature with you. I don't know anything about literature. People think I do. I just read a few books and I <laughs> bullshit my way around things. But what they said was that um, he had written Young Goodman Brown as as kind of, I don't know, a working through of mm. finding out that and kind of trying to process it in, in the whole concept of it and and the fact that he had this history and all mm. those kinds of things. Um, I loved Young Goodman Brown. We should Thank read you. that. We should read that now. I've been trying to get Caden to read it. He hasn't read it. We should read that with Caden yeah. and do a discussion no, I about it. I love that. Okay. I we'll love pinpoint that. that. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll put the little pin in that. But um, this has swayed very far this from has relationships. So much. We can continue on literature <laughs> if that's what you want to discuss. But. And it's fine. I always... Mm-hmm. This we, is a discussion. This is the first discussion. So the past three have been interviews. And this is how we, we inter- talk normally. Yes, this like, is. We go on crazy tangents and then we sometimes never get back to the thing that we started on. And so then I'm driving home and I'm like, oh, shoot, I meant to talk to Jordan about this. Well, that's how Brennan and I are. That's why. Okay. That's what our, our whole podcast mm-hmm. is, is just us talking. Yeah. And so it goes through this. I'm like, we, we sprinkle our little religion in there, mm-hmm. a hint of politics you know yeah. childhood trauma things <laughs> like that and um you always have to get the little yeah. smattering of childhood trauma that's everything. how discussions um, are briefly <laughs> briefly tapping back down into literature which kind of goes back to our how we got okay yeah, yeah bring it full circle um, bring it full circle we were talking about how you know love and language mm-hmm. in literature <clears throat> um granted i haven't read this since i believe sixth grade so Take this How old is that for the homeschool people here? 12, okay. maybe? Helpful. Thank 11 you. or 12. Um, but I loved this. I mm-hmm. It was one of those books that I was forced to read in school, but I, and I was the only kid who loved it. Um, it's called The Good Earth, and it's um, it's set in China. It's written by a Chinese author. I forget okay. the time period, um, <clears throat> but it's basically about, um, you know, China built its, um, built its empire on farming, and so it's mm-hmm. about this, this boy who... His family, his family is about to die, and he inherits like a small thing of rice patties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his one of his mother's like last acts, if I remember, is to marry him off so that mm-hmm. he has a family to provide for the rice patties. Um, it's a, it's an arranged marriage. Yeah. Um, Sounds just like my upbringing. It's, <laughs> um, it's an arranged marriage mm-hmm. with a girl who, by standards of the time and of the culture, was not considered like wanted um at the time like women of wealth bound their feet into those Mm -hmm. tiny little super super tiny like child-sized shoes um she wasn't like light-skinned which was a big thing Mm -hmm. for chinese cultures like lighter-skinned chinese women were considered more beautiful um they didn't have a lot of wealth but she had a decent dowry and she could work the fields with him so they marry off have a bunch of kids and it's kind of you know, what I was talking about with, like, choosing love, it's he's waking up every day and he's choosing, mm-hmm. even though this is a person that I didn't have any relationship with, <clears throat> this is our foundation, this is our family, this is our history, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he builds this huge empire. Like, mm-hmm. they work it so well that he's amassed multiple fields, they have a huge kind of palace that they've built with their wealth, yeah. um, he's supporting his children, and then he, like, goes to, like, essentially a brothel, and he falls in love with one of the women there, he ends up getting, Been there, like, having a second wife, a concubine, and she moves in, 
it's like a whole drama between the two women, but it's basically like love versus duty mm. as well as just kind of a man's like tear between his family and his feelings. There's also mm. just a lot of like, it, it kind of questions. Uh, granted, I couldn't pick up on these nuances. I was about to say, grader. this is such a great story um, <laughs> for a 12 year old. So I don't kids were going to learn what this. concubines This are? was when I was at a and charter brothels? school. I was at a charter school, so they had absolutely no like set curriculum and so i think it was just a book that my teacher was passionate about Mm -hmm. but she taught it well because she clearly loved it um but yeah it was very it was it just brought up a lot of interesting points now that Mm -hmm. i look back on it Mm -hmm. and i want to get back to it because it is it's a very thick volume it goes it spans a long time it spans his entire life like Mm -hmm. the end of the book is him dying um spoiler alert (laughs) it's about to say Um, it sounds like it sounds like david copperfield i think that's the only beginning to end book i've Kind like of. Like, full life story Yeah, book it I've starts with him as a teenager. I think he's like 15 or 16 when he gets married. There off. aren't that many. I feel... Maybe I've missed them all. Mm-hmm. But I certainly don't know of many books that start with the person's birth and end with... Well, never mind. I'm totally lying. David Copperfield doesn't even end with his death. No. It, right, I don't right. even know why I said yeah. that. It starts with his birth, but it ends... What he's probably only in his like thirties or forties. Mm-hmm. Never mind. But it's that like was the wrap up of his life. S- yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing else. Dickens' fantasy is done. <laughs> I think it's just because like kids he got the wife he exciting. actually wanted. Well, yeah. It, unless you're Dickens, who has a lot of childhood trauma <clears throat> and is like trying to work through it with all of his kids' stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for writers, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Some of us need those. <laughs> I think for a lot of writers, kids just aren't interesting. Like, the growing up isn't exciting. Um, oh, see, I... Mm, never mind. Keep going. I think it's, ex- I think it's I interesting, think it's but... I think it's the most interesting. Um, it's the most formable. <laughs> but yes, full, full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> checking out The Good Earth. That would be a good thing for the two of us to read together if you want. It's pretty thick. Pretty, like, there's How many some... pages? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. Um, Is it, like, I more than three? Because shoot me now. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I I have never read a book, a novel, mm-hmm. that I haven't thought could lose minimum 50 pages and be okay. better for it. And, and that includes even some novellas that mm. I've read, which is why, it's why I've never, people, people have asked, you know, you try to write a novel. Mm-hmm. See, I will never try to write a novel. I'll write until I'm done. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I'm not going to push fluff to create a novel. Mm-hmm. Young Goodman Brown is a perfect example of something that speaks to a novel's worth of concepts, ideas, mm-hmm. symbolism, storytelling, emotions, but is extremely short. And yeah, I, I just, I don't, it bothers me because I hit points where I, I truly go, I think this was added. Mm. I think this was fluff. This was unnecessary story time telling. Or you're F. Scott Fitzgerald and you can't shut up. <laughs> or you're Dickens and you can't shut up. Yeah. Like, or you're goodness Tolkien sake. and you can't shut up. Oh, hey, the grass is lovely. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, let's... Oh my gosh, this drives me crazy about Dickens. It's the might. I will get on this soapbox until the day I die. We've already discussed... That um, uh, a Christmas Carol needed editing. It needed help. It, did. it needed work. Though, but... let me tell you, I just read it through again, mm-hmm. and I had significantly more appreciation for it this okay. time. Because you were this expecting. is time three. 
Okay. I was expecting it, and I really appreciated it, and I was able to appreciate the unedited nature of it, but reading it for, through the first two times, you know my feelings my on that. My biggest frustration <clears throat> in the world, I, I just, it's the fact that he spends, like, a, almost a full page describing, like, the church meadow, mm-hmm. and then the... The whole turnaround, the whole big mm-hmm. character payoff of like that we have led to this entire story is Scrooge's turnaround, Scrooge's redemption. I love a redemption arc. It's my favorite trope. It's in Ooh, one sentence. You're a Zuko person, aren't you? I am a Zuko person. <laughs> Zuko was my childhood crush. I was That's so in disgusting. love with Zuko. I kid. will never, but... <laughs> ever, ever, ever allow people to feel okay about being attracted to. <laughs> cartoon characters no i, I won't allow it Zuko. i refuse um, but i don't i don't i won't allow people to have celebrity crushes oh no I, cartoons I can't are significant um, though. the entire 2D redemption drawing. of scrooge was in one sentence mm-hmm. it's the whole <clears> thing ends <throat> he wakes up in his bed and it's like he he brings the he brings the turkey to yeah. Bob and then it's like in one sentence. It's like, and every day for the rest of his life, he kept Christmas in his heart. And he, to Tiny Tim, he was like a second father. Father. That's Tiny, it. who did not die. Who did not die. He was like a second father. He was like a second father. No, and that's I, it. The mm, end. I agree. <laughs> I will say crazy. that sounds like something I'd do. But, that is a big Jordan move. <laughs> but, however, I and, and I, and I do struggle with that. Because I think... <laughs> It's the, there is more to be told about going up the hill than there is to be on the top of the hill. Like, cause sometimes there is, there's so much to talk about a struggle Mm -hmm. and then to get there is to say it's done. You know, Mm -hmm. if that's what the story is about the struggle and sometimes, and I don't know, in life I've felt that way of like, oh my gosh, I can write for, I could talk forever about getting there. But once I got there, it was like, and there was peace. And, and that was it. Yeah. But I 100% <laughs> agree with you in Dickens' own fashion. Mm-hmm. However, talk about David Copperfield. I mean, that was such yeah. a long walk mm-hmm. to end on the most sappy note yes. that you possibly could. And, and that bothered me because I was dying the last chapter or two or whatever. I was absolutely dying going would you just please end i I need you to stop (laughs) i need this to end and that's what i'm talking about even in god bless him fitzgerald's gatsby Mm, which is already a novella Mm -hmm. there is too much fluff there was too much fluff for me and that was one of the first pieces of that was the probably the first piece of quote-unquote classical literature that i ever read Mm mm-hmm and I was like, this isn't, this is short. This is not a novel. Yeah. And it still has fluff in it that I would say that I, I personally feel he would be better without it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting. Caden was reading this just little thing that I wrote. Um, very short because I had a sentence. Do you ever have a sentence fall into your head? Yes. Like an opening sentence yes. that, that like reading it, people might just think fine whatever that's so bland uh-huh. but for some reason it hits you and i'm going to open it up because yes fun side note story i my thing shut down my free write mm-hmm. shut down while i was writing it it froze and i oh, the, booted rebooted it, it. Right? no no it was oh, here okay. 
I rebooted it and I couldn't find it. And I was so pissed off. And I tried to recreate that first line and I couldn't. I couldn't remember it because it had stuck in my head for a while. It had been probably... No, okay, that's not true. It stuck in my head for... Very sharply for a short amount of time. I was thinking about another sentence. I, I had the sentence, have you ever had to fight for your life only against myself? stuck in my head for like three weeks and i was like i keep forgetting to write that down because i just want it gone right this was the same thing it was very sharp and i was like once i got it out i forgot it Mm -hmm. but the sentence that came into my head was um was aren't you sad for yourself i don't know about you but i'm so very sad for myself and for some reason it came to my head i was like i'm getting a really good look into jordan's psyche right now i i had to write it down hi welcome to writer's block this is now therapy (laughs) oh stop it there's no (laughs) therapy but um wow i lost my train of thought within that oh so caden had read just this little bit i had added on to it not not too much like a page let's say it's a page and i'm not done technically speaking but he said and I, I agree with him, and I think him and I are similar in this way, and, and maybe for different reasons, but he said, I just want a book, a small book, a small book, compact, not so tall, mm-hmm. not so wide, not so small print, of short stories that are actually, sh- that are short, short, yeah. short stories. He goes, because I, because I think for the same reason, and, and it's why I love them, it's like, there's no fluff. Mm-hmm. You don't need a full story to understand the feeling, the environment, mm-hmm. uh, the general nuance, I don't think is the right word that I'm trying to think, but it, of but it's the word that came into my head was nuance mean. Um, nuance are like the the tiny like the tiny things that make something. Okay, never mind. The nuance. Okay, that works. The nuance of a scene or a situation mm-hmm. or a, just a few lines of dialogue to me that I love that. It means so much to me mm-hmm. because I think when people try to flesh out stories, they lose the stories they were originally seeking. Mm-hmm. They had originally set out to write. And so he, he was saying that and I said, mm-hmm. me too, honestly and truly, I yeah. would love to read or even just for my own mental sake, put together a book of that, short stories but this i mean this circles back to what we were talking about with language the beauty of those kinds of short stories is the ability to use different kinds of language Mm -hmm. different words to describe those kinds of things like how many sets tone it's true how many stories can you read that have the the sentence like and she was in love and he was in love and they were in love and I mean, that is just the most boring-ass shit I have ever heard. And I don't know. I Relationships, in, in my opinion, reading stories with relationships that have full arcs mm-hmm. is un, completely uninterested to me. Because I can't tell you, I mean, relationships are continuously going through full yes. arcs. And they never get back to perfect right Mm -hmm. so i don't want to hear that that's bullshit we go through our life working on that down working on the up and the down and it's a continuous thing so if you end it with like they figured it out they were Mm -hmm. they're great even on the best of terms i've ever been with someone i would never describe 
that mm-hmm. point is oh, we've got it figured out. Yeah, so kind of <clears throat> spanning two like drastically different like kind of genres, I guess. Um, like the first thing you learn about Shakespeare in school is you have the comedies and you have the tragedies. Mm-hmm. The tragedies end in death. The comedies end in a marriage, and that's considered the happy ending. Like comedy doesn't mean it's always going to be like super super funny, but that means it's going to end in a happy ending, which is mm-hmm. AKA a marriage. It's always a marriage, um, and so that's kind of like most people would disagree. But that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, that's like the that's like the <clears throat> end cap of like oh, and they got married and they're all happy and they're good. Mm-hmm. Thanks Shakespeare. Thanks Willie. Um, definitely a trope. <laughs> yeah, and then. On like a complete. Do you just like, call him Willie? Willie. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. Willie Shakes. That's so. Stop it. I don't, I hate that. I hate that so much. I am. I feel I've known one so Willie. So comfortable with William Shakespeare. Him and I are on nickname. I know basis. one Willie. It's Willie. And Willie is the gentleman that provided honey for my coffee shop. Willie's honey. Oh. Okay. And. Now I'm that's questioning whether or not that's the case, though. Do you ever feel like that? Were you? Kate and I were just talking about him today. So, but now, for some reason, part of me is like, what if now that I'm saying that, that's wrong and that's not <laughs> his name? And, and I'm, for really some reason, funny. just mixing this up. But yes, um, that's the only Willie I've known is this gentleman with this beard who was homeschooled. And <laughs> his mother brought him and his siblings to the library to do their mm-hmm. schoolwork. And he would finish before his brothers and found a book about bees. And from that has beehives Stop scattered it. throughout Illinois. Oh my gosh. And is, is a beekeeper. the best origin story I know, right? I've ever heard. And so that's Willie to me wow. is like just this chill ass guy <laughs> with this, with his beard who comes in and, um, it's got to be Willie because he brings these those big mason jars oh, yeah. full of honey. And when like they that. when we used them, people would fill them with water and try to drink the whole thing in the shift. And it, would, it was called the Willie's Challenge. Um, I love that. Yes, I didn't come up with it. I own none of that. But so that to me is Willie. Okay. Willie is a beekeeper in his prime. Yes, all right? he is. A homeschooled, bearded yes, be- beekeeper in his prime. Shout out to Willie. Willie is not... <laughs> William Shakespeare <laughs> of, anyway, of old. Anyway, so you have. I'm sure he was. He would have been knighted <laughs> if he was born Sir William Shakespeare. Can you knight people that are dead? Posthumously, I don't know. Posthumously, however you pronounce it. Um. Anyway, so you have William. <laughs> you have William Shakespeare, who's ending his story every time a comedy yeah. with a wedding, and it's happily ever after. And then. On the complete opposite side of the spectrum, modern day, you have this um, very, very talented, um, I think she's won a couple awards, um, young adult writer, modern, um, Rainbow Rowell. And I've she's never done... heard of her. Stop it. I work at Barnes & Noble. I've never You've heard of her. You've definitely sold some of her books. She's like been on the You say young adult, and I think times. of Sarah J. Moss. No, nothing like porn. that. Nothing like that. I opened up that book, her newest book. It's porn. Yeah. And I was very uncomfortable right off the bat. Okay, how do you think I feel when my family shares my Amazon account so my Kindle gets flooded with all of my mother's weird 
Um, Nora Roberts, <laughs> like smutty, like oh my gosh, adult the woman. Section. Yeah, it's horrible. We moved our romantic section. So originally our romantic section was in this bigger open area, okay? Because mm-hmm. they kind of changed things around yeah. so that you have like a, a three-sided square, right? That oh, opens I, up I've into the that. middle yeah. of the aisle, right? Mm-hmm. Originally our romance was in there and it connected to, for some reason, um, YA fiction because the young adult spanned the other side of it well we and then the manga was in like what we called the dark hallway because for some reason which was on the other side right mm-hmm. was on the other side of it but for some reason just the light didn't hit well so it was kind of dark in in our manga was stolen is stolen constantly oh, because yeah. we have that um demographic of manga kids i don't know <laughs> i guess they're their own demographic but Manga's big with us. So yeah. we switched it around. So now the romance is in the dark hallway. Oh. And that's very... So people can hide That's their, hilarious like, to me. Demons. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? I was like, yeah. well, I'm sure all the moms feel good about this. I mean, this goes back to the concept that women read porn and men watch yes. it. But yes. anyway. Um, so this so rainbow something? Rainbow Rowell. Rowell. Um, Rowell or Rowell? Rowell. Rowell. So R-O-W-E-L-L. Okay, Rainbow Rowell. That yes. is quite a name. I know. I don't. I would never name my child Rainbow. I but. think her parents were hippies. Um, her and Sage. <laughs> <laughs> and Willow. <coughs> and Willow. Um, unironically, I like that name for a girl. I bet you. But like full That's name fine. Wilhelmina, Willow for short. Wait, mm, Wilhelmina. Wilhelmina. Is this some kind of Victorian? It's English. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Did you get this from Pride and Prejudice? Definitely not. Every time I talk to someone about Pride and Prejudice, I feel like Tom Hanks in You've Got Mail. I bet you just love your Mr. Darcy and 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 that you're you're what was it? What did he say? You're you're um I can't remember what he says. You're, I I you're anxious about whether or not he and um what's her name will get together Elizabeth. again. Elizabeth yeah. will get together again. Um, so she has this one novel i mm-hmm. think this is the one that she's won awards for it's called eleanor and park um i haven't read it in two ish years but it's about two high schoolers um who you know both go through like various just like angst struggles um but the girl eleanor is in an abusive family um and so you kind of mm-hmm. see her they have this flirty relationship they make each other mixtapes it's all very cute but she has like trouble emotionally um committing and like being open with her heart because Mm -hmm. like her her stepdad i think um is abusive and she's been through a whole lot um and so it's a very very big ordeal that kind of spans the whole story and then it ends up being in like the, the the climax of the story is if i'm remembering correctly she like runs away um and she like writes to someone to like save her from this like one of her family members and so then she ends up moving out of this abusive household without ever kind of wrapping up her relationship with this boy park um and then the very last thing is she sends him a postcard from where she's moved and it just says three words but she never defines the three words and so Mm -hmm. people are speculating is it I love you. Mm-hmm. Is it, I miss you? Mm-hmm. Is it, like, what is it? And if you go to Rainbow Rowell's website with all of her books, later. all of her, like, <laughs> yeah. releases, in her FAQ, 
she has this running joke where every few questions she has, what are the three words? And then every time she changes the answer. Because she's written about this multiple times is whenever when anybody asks her, it's not about whether she says I love you. It's not about whether they've wrapped up this happy little perfect bow mm-hmm. on their relationship. It's not if they even end up together. Yeah. It's about the fact that she's gotten away from an abusive family. It's about mm-hmm. the fact that she's opened herself up mm-hmm. to being emotionally vulnerable again. It's about the journey there. It's mm-hmm. not about tying things up in a happy little bow because <clears throat> relationships aren't like that. They're not real. They're, it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's a very interesting thing to think about is, yeah, that kind of, that concept of like, <clears throat> you know, a marriage isn't the end. A marriage is the beginning mm-hmm. and it's hills and valleys. Yeah. Um, and again, <clears throat> circling back to just, I think so strongly that love is, choosing no matter Mm -hmm. what kind of whatever you're going through and whatever the other person is going through whatever the other people are going through yeah even your your family your friends your partner it's it's saying despite this thing that you're really struggling with despite Mm. the thing that i'm really struggling with despite you hurting me despite you doing this 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 it's saying i love you and i'm Mm -hmm. giving you my heart despite Mm. that and Mm -hmm. because of so what would you call then what people describe as love? It's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not modernly, but like um, within the... Socially? I, that's not the word though. Like mixed modern and social. Um... Do you know what I'm trying to say? No. Sorry, for some reason, every time I've done this, I've done one of these. <laughs> I, I blank on words all the time. Um, but let's say modernly. Like mm-hmm. what, what people would say is love, right? Right. Mm-hmm. This, this, oh, and some people would say the Shakespearean love, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The, the locking eyes from across the room and, yeah. and this feeling of being soulmates. This feeling of, and I mean, that's its own topic. Yeah. I don't believe in soulmates personally speaking religious people talking about soulmates with religious people is really fun Uh, whether or not they believe that god has someone set out for them and and that depends Mm -hmm. on who you talk to because i i think most me you probably find a lot of mothers who would say no i don't believe my spouse was set out for me but there's someone for my child so i i'm praying for them (laughs) you know but um but yeah, so what would you call this kind of um, connection that people call love? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I've struggled with defining as well. And I would say that's attraction. It's attraction mixed with um, natural, like, evolutionary concepts mm-hmm. of attraction, which have to do with procreation, which is why... Adding sexuality into it is not what I want to do because I don't think that's what people understand it as. But I think that biologically that's what we're looking at in a number of cases, mm-hmm. right? Like that. But there, I mean, there's a mix of like someone new. There's a mix of just the unknown. There's a mix yeah. of all these different things. But like love, right? This gooey, what we make TV shows and movies out of so granted i am not a science person i think science is so interesting and if i was better at it and better at math i think i would have ended up a very different person um 
but so I so I don't know like all of the kind of ins and outs of the biology and the attraction, but I do know I have like read a couple things about just like that we are like you know pheromones you give off for attraction mm-hmm. because of biological factors. Um, I think definitely love is partially attraction. Like you, there are a lot of idyllic people that would say like it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside or it doesn't matter like how mm-hmm. how attracted you are to the person because they can be beautiful on the inside which yes is true to an extent but there has to be a level of attraction like yes i agree people i think that's ridiculous people don't want to believe that a relationship is partially physical mm-hmm. but it is it's just it a is. fact of it and there's a reason that you're physically attracted to certain kinds of people yes like there's a evolutionary and biological reason that you yeah. are attracted to those people let's not Let's not pretend exactly. that that means nothing and that you, anyone and everyone should get with whoever's yeah. ugliest to them yeah. and that just has a nice personality. Like and, there's different yeah. things. And saying, I'm attracted to this person, but I'm not attracted to this person. Like, that's not a bad thing mm-hmm. to say. Like, I'm just not attracted to them. Like, I don't think no. they're, they're cute. I don't think they're like what I go for. Like, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. I hate the idea of like, well, you're super... You're superficial. You're like mm-hmm. surface level. If you if you're judging by like yeah. the cover of the book, but like the cover of the book is what sells. We do that with friends, though. We yes. do that with with everyone else we choose to have in our lives. Oh yeah. And it's fine, and it's suggested mm-hmm. that we do that. And friendship is can be in a number of ways very different. And I think, I mean, people would disagree with me possibly, but I think it's helpful to have friends that you also think are attractive yes not again in this like raunchy Mm -hmm. way but yeah it's really nice to have people around you that you think are pleasing to look at and to be around and yeah and and stuff like that and in 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 it works both ways because some people would not be happy to have someone that spends a lot of time on their looks Mm -hmm. around them all the time right if they're not someone that cares as much about that they would rather have people that are very relaxed about that yeah and that's the same as people that do spend a lot of time or maybe care about dressing in a certain fashion like having people around them that emulate a similar thing yes because now you've created an environment an experience a group an idea comfortability yeah yeah Yeah. the incompatibility at the same time there yeah there is a huge thing to say about compatibility in terms of interests and like if you as well as just like your level of like work Mm -hmm. and like your care into Mm -hmm. things like somebody can be like not conventionally super attractive Mm -hmm. but like they they care about themselves they care about their appearance so they're cutting their hair better or like they're they know that a beard doesn't look good on them so they're shaving they're Mm -hmm. they're putting on this type of clothes because they know it flatters their body like Mm -hmm. you can i don't think anyone is truly like 100 ugly or like hideous oh yeah i don't agree agree with that i think you have to find ways to dress for your body i think you have to find ways to like just understand your aesthetic, understand what you yeah. like, what and you dress for about. yourself. Like dress that is for yourself. Yeah, for and a be lot of people, that's important. Yeah, and so then saying like, <clears throat> like saying like, well, like this person is dressed like a slob. Like it looks like they don't care about themselves. They're un- they're unhygienic. They're all mm-hmm. these different things. Like that is a level of attraction of like I want to surround myself with people who care. Yeah, I want to surround myself with people who put effort and care about similar things like mm-hmm. fashion and the eras that I'm into. And I've heard the other way around. I've heard lots of people talk about 
I don't like being around people that look mm-hmm. like they spend so much time caring about how they dress. And that's yes. fine. Yeah. Some I get that. I have no problem with that. My dad is not a fashion person. Yeah. That's not something he hears about. And he will feel uncomfortable if everyone around him is wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. He is very simple. He'll wear sweatpants, but he'll wear jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. And he likes that. And, and he, he feels still comfortable. looks nice. Yeah, because... Yeah, and, and so... it fits him. He's comfortable mm-hmm. in it, so he has an air of confidence. Yeah. And he's also <clears> just <throat> a hygienic person. Yes, you have to allow for that, and you have to allow different people mm-hmm. to have different standards. And those are all connections, and they're kind of attraction. But again, this is another situation where it doesn't quite have... We don't quite have the right terminology because it's yes. compatibility with lifestyles. You and I can sit down. We could talk about fashion. We could talk about clothes. We can talk about caring about these different things, even if we go about them different ways. Do you wash your face? I don't wash my face. I I, I started not rub my face in the shower. Mm. You know, right? Yeah. Amanda and I can talk about clothes and stuff. However, she has a very long facial routine that mm-hmm. she does. I do no facial routine. I used to though when I was her age. Yeah. I've stopped now, but mm-hmm. like there is so there's difference in that, yes. right? But there's a level of appreciation Mm -hmm. of interest of care that goes into it even if it's different i can talk to someone who dresses very differently than me but still puts in care yes and and we can still sit down and talk and that would still be someone i'm more likely to be friends with probably technically Mm -hmm. speaking than someone that goes i don't think i could care less about how someone's hair is cut whether and how they dress Mm -hmm. in the style that they like well that cuts out that cuts out an aesthetic that I enjoy and that they enjoy as well, right? That cuts out conversation. That cuts out spare time. We go resale shopping, right? Mm-hmm. We go thrift shopping. We talk about the things that we thrift. Yeah. You and I, that's something I can't talk to someone else about. And I've had relationships and had friendships with people where they're not, they don't care about that so much. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But that, it definitely cuts out mm-hmm. something I care about and something I enjoy. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I would say definitely love is part just attraction and mm-hmm. compatibility. Um, I would also say there is... Now, I I agree with you. I don't believe in soulmates. I do think that there is a level of... <laughs> this is like... This sounds dumb. I'm not a theologian at all. Or theologian, whatever. Theologian? Theologian. I've Shut never... Up. I don't think anyone <laughs> has ever said theo- theo- theologian. 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 I don't it's, know. Theologian. Um, theologian. Um, so this might sound dumb to the very, like, like you know, the, like, God has to be in, like, My viewers are Sarah <laughs> and Emma. Solid. Hi, guys. So. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, you know, I think there are people that God is rooting for. Mm-hmm. God is rooting for. Okay, I would. I know. I know. I I know. That sounds bad. I would put God. I. It sounds bad. We could go into theology. (laughs) We could go into predestination. God is rooting for. Puts God within our current time period. I know. That's why I said it might sound bad because. And I, I, neither of us are Calvinists, but like, okay, come on. (laughs) Okay, but like you know, I think there are people that like. I think there are people that are more more suited for us that are like placed in our lives as like this is a really good option. Like, hey, they're right there. 
Like who have been your placed options? Oh, I'm not gonna dox anyone. Dox? Dox, like like out them. Like tech okay, so technically dox would mean like if you're an internet personality, someone leaks your like um your address and so then all of your fans show up and start like attacking you at your apartment sounds like, like a but, shitty thing but, to do yeah no it's horrible you, that's like a big thing is like celebrities get doxxed where like they're outed and so then everyone's like attacking oh them. you know what i just i was just listening to a podcast on a guy that was doxxed oh by, yeah but but it was a very political thing mm. he was doxxed by antifa Yikes. <laughs> yeah um, so but I, anyway I'm not gonna... so this is a whole other thing i'm not gonna out anyone not to mention i haven't had any great loves in my life so yeah um which brings us back to the first thing you said yeah so like i <clears throat> i think there are definitely there's compatibility i would say absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. and then there yeah i think we have people that whether you believe in predestination or not i think there and whether you believe like choice and all that stuff i think there are people that are more compatible and more likely to get us to be better people yeah. um, and more likely or on the other side, more likely to like stifle us. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think hopefully mm-hmm. you attract people and you are attracted to people who want to make you a better person. No. And <laughs> well, but there's, okay. So there's a middle ground though of, there are also people that pardon me. Oh, there are people that force you to have to work harder at being a better person. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other debate. Like, there are people that can... So I have people in... I've, I've had people in my life that... Like, like, Brennan is a great example. That have pushed me to my... Continuously continue to mm-hmm. push me to my limits... On growing and being the best person I could possibly be. Continuously pushing me and challenging me to not be comfortable in who I am as I am. Mm -hmm. Right? It's always going, okay, well... But let's talk about that. I mean, you could do this, but what about this? Why are you settling? Okay, yeah, exactly. But then at the same time, there have been people in my life that have, and it's not that it's not a trade-off and that it doesn't mm-hmm. happen both ways, right? but have done less of that mm-hmm. and more of, and more of, um, I have had to push myself to be more patient, mm-hmm. to be more calm, to be more understanding, to be more, um, just to be better yeah. in order to function with them. And then they will end up, they do the same thing for me at different mm-hmm. times, you know? So there are those two different kinds of relationships. I mean, there's more than just two, but, yeah. but there is that as well. It's, it's double-sided. Yeah. Um, and I think when you talk about love, you can't, you can't dismiss love outside of like a romantic relationship. Like you, I have friends who I won't get the same thing out of like if I ever marry my future husband mm. that I will from like friends. Like you can't, not every relationship is the same and you get different things from different people. I'm a big proponent of that proponent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, big like time. I, I have friendships that I know 
I'll come to them for certain things and other people I'll come to other things. Like we mm. were, we were just talking about this, about like me just needing help and advice and like things that I'm going through with work and things that I'm going through with my mental health is I love Amanda to death. And if I want someone to just listen mm-hmm. and give me like a verse or give mm-hmm. me encouraging words and yeah. I need someone to soothe very, very hurt feelings, mm-hmm. very like aching heart it's just necessary i will go to her because Mm. she just has some of the softest and wisest Mm. words no but if i need someone to to break things down and say well this is kind of your choice these are your options Mm -hmm. how can we make this work yeah that's when i come to you it's like a yeah it's the difference between well you have to feel your feelings yes and then you have to move forward exactly yeah and so i think there are you know, you won't get everything out of just like your husband or which your is, wife. Which is why I'm, I have such an issue with the church's concept, is of mm-hmm. especially young Christian people's concept of marriage. Yes. Because completing yourself, completing with another your, person. That's well, yes. Possible. First of all, that, which gives the um, suggestion that you only have to be fifty percent. Um, mm-hmm. of something but but on top of that this idea that the because uh, so this I had the screenplay I mean this goes back to to my to my screen to the oh my god <laughs> this goes back to a dream I had mm-hmm. which I wrote into the screenplay that yes. I was putting together um about me sitting, me um, sleeping on a couch at a friend's house mm-hmm. and having this girl who I didn't know was st- had, had to spend the night as well. And she slept on the couch with me. Mm-hmm. And we had cuddled all night. And it was not a sexual thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a sexual thing to me in the dream or waking up later, right? But... We had slept on the couch together and cuddled, and it was a very filling experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I wake up from a dream and feel guilty, mm-hmm. right? And I go, that was, first of all, that was a dream. Like, Amanda has um, cheated <laughs> on me about with Harry Styles. Harry Styles and has also cheated yes. on me with Kevin James, who was me. I was Kevin James, but Kevin James was also Kevin James himself. And so I think she's sitting at the door <laughs> making faces. <laughs> wait, wait, you can come in and say if you want to if you want to clarify for the, the audience the you're cheating on me with Kevin James. I was Kevin James. The mental but Kevin gymnastics the, that her the brain only is reason doing in this that you can sequence. say I was Kevin James is because it was Kevin James and you just associated me with him. But it was Kevin James. That's how you're describing it. Stop whispering. What, you cheated on me with Kevin James, who was me. Okay. Yes, it's it's a paradox. It's a paradox. She's I was Kevin James, and, and you cheated on me with Kevin James. I was cheating with Harry Styles on Kevin James. You. Hi, Wait, you, you just left Claude into this. I don't think so. I'm a guest star on this. Thank you. Your time will come. Um, <laughs> that so, sounds very ominous. Right, right. Your time, <laughs> your time will, will come. come. So I, I had. So I felt guilty, and I really had to think this through because it was mm-hmm. interesting. I woke up that morning, Kate and I, we were in Michigan. Kate and I were getting up really early to go and watch the sunrise on the mountain, and we Aww. did this long hike, and I was exhausted. 
and I still have the the dream coming through my head, and I actually wrote out something. I had my notebook with me. I wrote out this opening thing, which was just about this man driving home in the morning, early morning, and it turned into this man driving home back to his wife after mm-hmm. having done... And then I just randomly, without thinking about connected, made that man's back story what just happened, the dream that I had had. Okay. And so I had to think through it a lot. And I thought, thought about it because... I said, okay, if, if the big objection, right, that specifically Christians have with the relationship between men, married men and married women and with each other or married mm-hmm. man and a whatever, having relations, any kind of relationship, friendship even with the opposite sex while married or in a relationship is the is adultery, right? That's the mm-hmm. that's the thing. That is the main thing. Adultery, being unfaithful to your wife yeah. or husband in any shape or form, right? Yeah. If that is it. But I thought, I said, you know what, though? I don't think that if you, posing just, you know, like a concept to mm-hmm. someone within the church, if you said, scenario, a man sleeps in the same bed with a woman. And there is absolutely nothing sexual about it. Was that wrong? They'd say yes. Right? They'd say yes. Okay. So the options, the things they could talk about, emotional, right? Mm-hmm. Physical, whatever. Well, we have different concepts of what is physically okay. Some people don't agree with hugging people of the opposite sex. And certainly 50 years ago. Oh, yeah. That wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my, I remember um, my ex girlfriend's mother talking about how that was not something people did in high school. She didn't mm-hmm. hug guys who were in relationships. Guys hugged their girlfriend. Girlfriends hugged their boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You didn't hug each other though, especially if you were in a relationship with mm-hmm. someone. You didn't hug someone the opposite sex. If I'm remembering what she said correctly. Now that's not the case, yeah. dependent, you know, some, but some church people are very specific about that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you, you hear what's, what's a, a, a common thing within the churches. Um, you don't drive in the car with some of the opposite sex if you're married, right? That's crazy. Um, and in what I will say is that I have no issues with some people doing that because I can't say that that isn't a necessary boundary for some people. Mm-hmm. However, I think the church's big problem, Brendan and I talked about this, it might have been on our last podcast, was the church's understanding of the possibilities, which is something I think modern, specifically liberal-minded people don't think about, right? Mm-hmm. They don't think about, yes, things can be that bad, right? People can be that far. Yeah. I mean, things can go. There's a lot more of a benefit of, of the doubt, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't think the church takes much of a benefit of a doubt approach to possibilities, yeah. right? Um, while there are some people, and I can say with decent confidence that I've known some people, that that mm-hmm. is a good boundary to draw. Yeah. However, to say that that's for everyone is a different story. And, and you, I have to understand why. Like, if it's emotional problems, what are, well, if it's emotional, right? You are mm-hmm. emotionally. Well, so is, is the argument that you are unable to have any kind of emotional connection or share anything emotionally with someone of the opposite sex that isn't your spouse? So let's say someone says yes. Okay. 
That is saying your spouse is the, and, and I am, I believe very, very strongly that men and women give very different kinds of support. Mm-hmm. They give very, even, yeah. we can talk about individuals do, absolutely, but men mm-hmm. and women do in and of themselves. Yeah. Like if, if the church is a big proponent of men and women are different, they have different natural abilities for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. generally speaking, women are more caregiving, right? So if this is yeah. what the church argues and, and talks about, then you could not make the argument that you can get all of that comfort just from men, right? Mm-hmm. Or just from women, right? Yeah. Everything you need. And, and to your your point earlier of between the difference between Amanda and I, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, so then you would have to argue that your spouse has to be the complete entire fulfillment of the other viewpoint that is required for you, the other comfort, the other viewpoint, the other mm-hmm. whatever that is required, that is necessary for you to function and survive. Because if the, also if the church is going to, the church believes that like children can't grow up properly without a man, a, a father and a mother, right? Mm-hmm. They need those two yeah. different kinds of caregiving. Well, then that's to say that is necessary for human functioning, right? Yeah. You can't claim that once you become an adult, that's now gone. No, no, no. That You're saying that that is mm-hmm. a foundational need, right? Is to have those two different viewpoints. Yeah. But then to say that your spouse has to, is the only person that can give you the other viewpoint or the other, whatever your mm-hmm. other, the other side of what your needs are is A, to put an insane amount of pressure on your spouse. Yes. Yeah. Is B, to, to, to say a lot for one person because no person is perfect. So mm-hmm. your spouse has to not only be the all-encompassing other side of that viewpoint, but also has to be the complete rounded concept of that viewpoint, right? Like they can't yeah. just be one. They can't just be one part of that viewpoint they have to be all the parts of that viewpoint because it's just them you Mm -hmm. know like like you can go on and on but but basically the amount of everything is relying on your spouse on that other person and this all and and i so i'm trying to think through like (laughs) within the story like why Mm -hmm. does that feel guilty is that right that it can be guilty is there actually Mm -hmm. a scenario where that isn't wrong and obviously if we're talking religiously that will be the murkiest waters we could possibly go into and and, and also people have entirely different ideas of that Mm -hmm. but it to me and there was a lot more to it but this really came to the heart of what is the concept of the relationships between men and women Mm -hmm. what does that what is that supposed to look like what does that look like what does it look like healthy what is appropriate and okay, yeah. and everyone's going to have different ideas on that, but how can how how can I better understand what that would look like for me? Because mm-hmm. some people, again, you can't ride in the car with the person of the opposite sex. Yeah. Right? Well, I've ridden in many cars <laughs> with people of the opposite sex before, right? Yeah. I hang out with people, hang I've hung out with you, I'll hang out with Sarah. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, some people would be like, well, that's your sister-in-law. And some people would be like, well, 
oh, that's your sister-in-law. That's even... <laughs> so, I mean, that's another place of contention. And I, I hang out with my friend Alaria as well. And and you, you can... Then you have to go into, well, do you hug? How long? Yeah. What kind of hugs? Can you... How close can you sit next to each other? I mean, I... I, I know people and I'm sure my, my, I know my uncle Christian is a, is a big proponent of, of men, of a men and women, a man and a woman not being like young, let's say not being alone in a room together. Hmm. Big proponent of that. In in my opinion, a lot of the opinions people have are formed by their own personal experiences I don't, I can't speak to his own. That was, mm-hmm. that was kind of a semi-connected, but for me being a person that is not very sexual, yeah, that's, this isn't something I've had to worry about so much, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't had to worry that it hasn't even crossed my mind for a lot of things. And that's not to say it shouldn't be something I should keep in mind, mm-hmm. but I'm sorry. I have rambled on for a long <laughs> time within this, but no, basically what is your opinion on the concept of the relationship between men and women? Why it's. I mean, and you can speak to that pretty freely. You've had yeah. more experience being, you've had significantly more experience being not in a relationship and having mm-hmm. relation, being not in a romantic relationship. Mm. <laughs> a committed so basically dating a relationship. Slut. No, no, no. No, I'm trying not I'm to kidding, use romantic yeah. as we've said it. So in a, mm-hmm. in a dating type relationship, yeah, you have had, you know, friendships and relationships with a number of different people however mm-hmm. you want to phrase it, friendship yeah. or relationship. I can only really speak from the having been in a relationship side mm-hmm. of things. And, and that's a, that can be very complicated. But for yeah. you not being in a dating kind of relationship, how do you see mm-hmm. how men and women interact within relationships and friendships and things so like that? So I have definitely, <clears throat> first of all, there is definitely something to say about like emotional cheating mm-hmm. as well as physical cheating. I think if you're unhappy, like there's, you know, circumstances of like you're unhappy in a relationship and so then you're getting what you need from that relationship from someone else or like mm. you're, you're wishing that this person was basically your spouse. That sorry. That was a quick side thing. But I think very few people would say you emotionally cheated on your wife with your best friend who's a man. Well, yeah. Very- so, so that's. That, sorry, yes. that was another thing I forgot because I was like, there was multiple other parts and there's things I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. That was another thing is that, wait a second, why are we yeah. only saying that it's emotional cheating when it's someone of the opposite sex? Yeah. And sure, you could say for the sexual possibilities of mm-hmm. it, but then we could talk about whether or not people who are homosexual or gay, whether or not, you know, like, yeah. what would the church think about that? Like, Definitely, that's a whole yeah. other. I mean, that's... <laughs> We could go um, on down the biggest rabbit hole. But, but yeah, so there, I think there is such a thing as emotional cheating, mm-hmm. but I think it is very, <clears throat> like, it's, like, it's very, like, a small circumstance. Like, I don't think needing help out, from outside of your relationship is emotional cheating. I mm-hmm. don't think saying, well, like, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I'm, getting help from my wife but i'm also needing help in different areas Mm -hmm. like if your wife gives some sort of like this one type of advice and you're looking for something so vastly different yeah um but it happens to be with someone of the opposite sex or like Uh someone the gender that you're attracted to yeah like i don't think that is necessarily emotional cheating i think emotional immediate 
branding. Yes. Okay. I think cheating, <clears throat> emotional <throat> or physical, has intention. Um, and okay. so like yeah, like yes, you can like be drunk one night and make out with someone, even though mm. you're in a relationship, and like yeah, that's cheating. Like that's mm-hmm. physical cheating. But like if you have gone that far, I feel like there is something. There is probably something that you are not getting from mm. your relationship that kind of like fast tracked that. Oh, or your inhibitions have been lowered so yes. much to the point where there's yeah you aren't thinking about you that. You aren't thinking at all, which yeah. like is probably a thing to look into as well. Like I mean, blackouting <laughs> people who blackout. Yeah, and then you wake up and you're in the bed with another person. Like mm. that's it. It gets murky. For Every sure. comedy. TV show right? that's ever been. I feel like Friends, How I Met Your Mother. Oh my gosh! I feel like TV I don't know if The Office. Makes, I was gonna say New Girl. I feel like TV makes blacking out seem <clears throat> so much more like I've never done it, so I can't talk. Than about it, it is, or maybe I'm just like a heavyweight. <laughs> I mean, I am a heavyweight, but maybe I'm just like not with the people who are blacking out a ton. But I mm-hmm. haven't had the experience of people be like, "Oh, I blacked out that night. I don't remember any of it." If anything, you're browning out, which is you kind of fading in and out of understanding. I have dealt with someone who's blacked out. That's horrifying. Who I've browned I didn't out. know. I've never blacked out. And Some... I, I knew people who have blacked out, but it's not like a you black out and all of a sudden you're waking up in a place you don't remember. We think, no, like, like not that's what often. happened to her. She thought, but they think that she was drugged. And I was, it was a friend of my uncle's who I was supposed to pick up from the train station. And he had seen her in the city. He was supposed to come home, but he had something that happened. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to pick her up. She didn't show up. She came at like ten or nine or ten. She was supposed to mm-hmm. at like one in the morning or midnight or something. I got a call from the police. She had like vomited in the train and all this stuff, and she had completely blacked out. She had no idea where she was. I had to come pick her up and sign for her, and I was like seventeen. So that's terrifying. <clears throat> so that's different. Um, they think she was drugged, though. So yeah. Anyway, blacking out. Yeah. She legitimately was like, "I do not remember mm-hmm. anything from being in the jazz club in the middle of the city to getting to Cary, Illinois." Yeah, that's yeah. horrifying. <clears throat> um. Anyway, yeah, I think, I think there is such a thing as you know emotional cheating, but mm-hmm. I think it has intent behind it, mm-hmm. or like almost like a knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. But I do think. I mean, you and I both have experienced people who, like, clearly are not on a level of friendship where they can kind of, like, cross borders. I think it is entirely situational as, like, I think, obviously, friendships between the genders, completely normal. Like, you and Mm -hmm. I have hung out multiple times without your wife, Mm -hmm. have, like, nothing between us, absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing. Um, And even, like... Glad you just made that clear for the (laughs) listeners. Like, For Sarah and Emma. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, there's, like, never even been, like, mm-hmm. like a wrinkle. Of like, oh, no. like, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. Um, and it's the same thing with, like, your brother Jared. Like, I love Jared with all my heart. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely human. Not, like, not romantic in any mm-hmm. way. And him yeah. and I have hung out multiple times and, like, mm-hmm. had really, like, lovely conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing that I would consider romantic. Mm-hmm. And we been in a room alone together like it's not as dramatic as people make it um but i think there is a point when like feelings and physicality Mm -hmm. like mix to points that go too far Mm -hmm. like 
and it really, really just depends on the person and their own boundaries mm-hmm. and like the, the second person and their own boundaries. So yeah. like, agreed. I, I personally have never been in a friendship where it's like, Oh, this is like too far to the point where like I'm uncomfortable and like probably not healthy for us. Okay. Um, but I also, I'm a type of person that like, I, Keep I talking. don't know. I go through like weird mental tangents kind of, um, of like, think like secret life of Walter Mitty kind of like, I go off on little like, like dream adventures where I'm just kind of like going through various, like living out like various fantasies or like little like, mm-hmm. um, like thought trains yeah and i'll be like oh like, daydreaming yeah daydreaming you could but... do that about me in a chair having a lovely life together <laughs> but like there are some people that like, like for the mm-hmm. most part it's just like casual like oh this would be cute and then mm-hmm. i like leave it alone but for the most part um if or no not for the most part like for the most part it's the casual stuff but then the few people that i have kind of i kind of consider like my mm-hmm. like romantic people of my life mm-hmm. um that I consider like influential in my life. Um, I, I'll like I'll put them down and I'll pick them up later. Like I'm reading a book. Yeah, yeah. Like it will be like these long stories of like, yeah. here's what you missed on like the adventures of Kristen and this person, and then I'll re-pick up. Yeah. And I'll start mm-hmm. this like continue down this life, and this is where I get like unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Is I if I'm really like interested in this person again can count them on like one hand. Yeah, yeah. Um is I'll I'll just kind of spin this tail yeah. and get emotionally involved in it mm-hmm. yep. when it's literally entirely fabricated. Like it is literal <laughs> fantasy. Um but I will spend so much of like my mental energy as mm-hmm. well as my emotional energy on it mm-hmm. that finally when kind of reality comes crashing down, mm-hmm. I have to kind of mourn yeah. this life that I've never lived and like this like version of Kristen that literally doesn't exist. That is entirely fabricated. And I do this <laughs> so often. No, I Caden <laughs> I showed Caden this meme once because I was like, yes. And Caden was like, oh my gosh, yes. And it just and it was just like you ever driving around the street and you just see this Girl walking down the street and three seconds later you're married and had two kids and yes. and one of them's struggling with cancer and you're like, wait, <laughs> holy cow, how did I get here? Wait, and you're like, yeah. and it wasn't, it was just like, bam, <laughs> all yeah. of a sudden. And I was like, I yes, yes, absolutely. How could you not have done that? Yeah. yeah. And so for the most part, it's, <coughs> it's things like that where it's just like a person passing on the street and it happens and it's yeah. real quick. Absolutely. And then you kind of put it down and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, the only times that I've really it's been an issue and has really been like hurtful to me mm-hmm. is if I see any real life potential there. Mm-hmm. So if it's somebody who I am interacting with on a fairly regular basis, yeah. because then I'm like, Oh, there's like potential there. We're seeing each other. We're mm-hmm. talking to each yeah. other. We could build something. Mm-hmm. Um, or even not romantically, just like lifestyle wise. Yeah. Like um, you and I have discussed this recently is I kind of lost a pretty big and exciting opportunity in my life. Um, Mm-hmm. of like living abroad for another year um and doing some mission work and i was so excited about it that i genuinely bought a new bag for it before i even had the job confirmed it was like a very expensive bag it was just like i found a really nice like little leather satchel at yeah. 
like home goods or something, but it was a really good deal. And I was like, this is going to be so good for when I travel because Mm -hmm. it's a crossbody, so it'll be safe. And it has a zipper and like multiple pockets. So like I can carry like a bucket. (laughs) I was like spinning this whole tail Mm -hmm. and like I had all these things pinned on my Pinterest board and like I was so ready for this thing that had never even come about yet. Um, and so I think there is, at least for me personally, when I get on these tangents, there's a moment of, I'm trying to be a lot better of circling back to relationships Mm -hmm. is stepping back and saying, this is not even anywhere near what you are building up in your brain Mm -hmm. or what you're thinking of. Give yourself some space, give yourself some time to think and understand your feelings and your thoughts on the situation outside of this fake life you're building like what is actually there what is actually Mm -hmm. substantial um is there an attraction there mutually um do your values align do Mm. your hopes for you know your your future goals align and that's so big yeah it's such a big deal huge and physicality really does come into it like as much as people like we said earlier as much as people don't want to think so like Physical intimacy, physical attraction plays so much into our emotions because when you're physically attracted to someone, your brain is like, yes, this is a person that's an option Mm -hmm. immediately. And so then you develop more feelings. So Mm -hmm. like you can have times when you're like, I need to step back. This is probably not great for me Mm -hmm. or this is probably not what I need. This is not something that is even on the table. Yeah. But maybe you're like, you've cuddled a couple times or like, Mm-hmm. you've just you you held hands during like a very mm-hmm. difficult moment and like they're supporting you mm-hmm. and so then you your brain is immediately like oh the the physical touch sensors are going off yeah, like yeah. it's time it's time to say yes mm-hmm. yeah um and so i'm definitely working on that <laughs> yeah. is like recognizing when i actually feel things and when it's just like my brain telling me hey we created this like fake love story where we both dramatically confessed on a hilltop in the rain (laughs) um and i'm just like growing these feelings from nothing or like maybe we like fell asleep on the sofa together once and now we're like in love Mm -hmm. like taking a step back looking at reality and like do things make sense Mm -hmm. are these feelings even mutual Mm -hmm. do i actually have feelings or is it just me being lonely that's a very very important question yeah and that's an important question i think at all times i'm sure like i'll do that with friendship at times even even when amanda and i have been fine and good Mm -hmm. i'll be i'll do that with friendship because i'm lonely I, i i haven't felt like i've had either the kind or the amount of friendship in my life that mm-hmm. I've wanted. And I've, I'll do that same thing. Oh, we're going to be such good friends. And we'll do all these things. And I go, wait, I, hmm. Yeah. You definitely had two conversations with this person. And yeah. That doesn't mean that. But your, your mind wants to travel with these ideas. Now, two quick things. One, I can, I can actually only really sympathize with the mourning that you talk about so heavily mm-hmm. with um, with dreams. Mm-hmm. With I had this one girl that when I was young, young, like 10, 11, 12, 13 maybe, that I, I would have consistent dreams about 
her and and it was a it was very complex it was very dark i mean i had dreams that she had been like kidnapped and was being abused right and mm-hmm. so like i was always looking for her when i was young but the times when she would sometimes be in in regular dreams and we would just talk mm-hmm. and meet and interact and i i cannot express the connection in the value and the love that I felt mm-hmm. right in those dreams and waking up and crying because mm-hmm. understanding that that was, it was a very much a dream thing. And, and I've always wondered what that is and if that has to do with connection because it's your dream. So is it you, mm-hmm. you know, is it this, like, what is that? Yeah. But, um, I can definitely speak to mourning that I can, I can talk about being sad about things and, but I don't want to use, I personally, I'm not saying you are, but for me, I don't want to use mourning lightly. And I can talk about mourning that, mm-hmm. like deadly. And yes, that's, again, but exactly. that's that's just connection. Like that is, it wasn't even necessarily romantic, you know, mm-hmm. dating kind of romantic. Yes. It was, but it was romantic. Mm-hmm. But it was platonically romantic for them, as yeah. far as I remember. Like it was just a connection. It was just a person. It had to do with the person themselves yes. and not with even necessarily the relationship, it was my connection to them. Mm-hmm. And that was a big deal. And that is what I find so hard and what I struggle with so much is is that, is that connection. That is what I have a hard time with because even relationally, I can be checking off all the relational check marks. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the connection's there. But my question was, do you believe that those concepts right? That we agree often we create within fantasy Mm -hmm. can be helpful to sculpt, mold, and guide actual relationships, platonic or dating romantic or romantic. We need a different word than dating romantic. It's really pissing me (laughs) off. I know it sucks. Um, yeah, I premarital. That sounds wrong. That sounds horrible. <laughs> that sounds so it's wrong. It's the worst. Oh my gosh. Um, ah. Never mind. But yeah. <laughs> yes, I think they definitely can. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're fantasizing about something, if you are like dreaming of all these things, it probably means that you are missing out on you're something. You're lacking. Yeah. yeah, you are lacking something. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's like just someone to talk to about these things yeah. or like you know the the physical side of things mm-hmm. or like in in like one of my things is i just i desperately crave like a a, a person like a person mm-hmm. outside me that understands my brain and can be just like kind of my my vessel mm-hmm. for like understanding me as mm-hmm. well as i want to understand that person mm-hmm. um yeah. That's just kind of like my constant driving force is like, I want to understand people Mm -hmm. and I want like people to understand me, Mm -hmm. which I think is hard sometimes is just understanding each other. I don't know if Um, I want people to understand me. That's a good question. (laughs) Um, Then I'm vulnerable. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shucks. What are we going to do with that? Um, Hmm. But I think, I think, yeah, if you're, if you're dreaming about something, if you're, yearning for something mm-hmm. um it means that that is something you can look for and like mm-hmm. does you know in 
for my example is like in potential like romantic interests does this person get where I'm coming from when I Mm -hmm. say that like I don't like this or I like this or like can I just sit with someone in the same room and exist in Mm -hmm. a in a space and like they know or can infer can use their intuition to what I need and what Mm -hmm. they need out of it like that's I love yeah. coexisting. Yeah. I love just existing in the same space with someone, uh-huh. like typing or like <laughs> working on just like work or projects or mm-hmm. like art or like I just love being in the same space. Feels communal. Yes, communal yeah. exactly. Um, and so like that's something that I I kind of use those like dream worlds as guiding lights to like what I need in a partner mm-hmm. um, in a future is. Mm-hmm. I know that like these are kind of continuous themes and like when I (laughs) spew these little like fun tangents Mm -hmm. is it always has to do with like a person like understanding me and like also getting my humor being able to be quippy and like jokey Mm -hmm. um and shares my views for the future and like just kind of yeah like those kind of continuous running themes it it's a good guide in like a good kind of compass for this doesn't like why why are you thinking this is like romantic like this doesn't make sense so vastly different from what i need Mm -hmm. in a person um but also understanding that like just because you idealize something or like really want this kind of perfect person for you yeah it's not always going to be that and Mm -hmm. you kind of have to understand that relationships are a give and take yeah um and so it's not always going to be 100% on. Like, even mm-hmm. if I yeah. I want people that I can have deep intellectual discussions with, that doesn't mean that they don't have their own struggles of, like, <coughs> maybe this isn't something they can relate to or yeah. this isn't something that interests them and so it's mm-hmm. going to be extra work for them to get involved with. Yeah. Um, and so it's... Yeah, I think those kind of dreamscapes mm-hmm. are a great way to say, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I have to be realistic about. Yeah. As well as maybe this isn't a great idea for me because I know I have a problem with people who aren't emotionally available or mm-hmm. like can't carry long discussion without getting exhausted. Yeah. Um, and so maybe <clears throat> stay away from people who aren't open to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of using those as like, I don't know, like traffic lanes. Yeah. No, no. Or, um, traffic lanes, I was going to say, um, railing. Railing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guardrails. Guardrails. Thank you. Yeah. No. And that, that makes a lot of sense, but I actually, here, I'm going to pause this because I have to use the restroom because I've drank a lot as well. (laughs) Okay. Deal. Well, we're going to do a pause to use the restroom, but what I would, what we'll come back and do is, is I was going to ask about your, with all that in mind, your opinion of friendship then? Because I think that was, was that what you were talking about when you had first suggested us talk about relationships or were you talking about this kind of relationships? Both. I wasn't sure. Both. Okay. Well, then we'll discuss friendships after yeah. this, after we use the restroom. All right, we're back. Okay. It's recording now. <clears throat> yeah, cigarette number two. I'll smoke whatever the hell this is. Oh, this is, uh, yeah, it needs to go. Um, so friendship and the topic of this, because I, I think it's very uninteresting to talk about marriage relationships. Okay. 
and only uninteresting because I think there's very little of relational foundations and of friendship that doesn't mm-hmm. also apply. Yeah. And there's, there is more, but why are we talking about the end of a, why are we talking about the, the tail end of something that we haven't even talked about most mm-hmm. of the beginning of? Yeah. Like, I don't think most people have learned how to function within in relationships in general. I think we, I mean, we all battle out how friendships work. Yes. So yes, it's very interesting to talk about marriages, but like how great would marriages be if people knew how to function in everyday relationships better? Yeah. and All like, of us. So <clears throat> people do say like, you know, that's kind of that, that dream scenario of like, the best relationships grow from great friendships kind of thing. Um, and that is kind of... Because like, it's what sells. No, I'm just <laughs> Ever the pessimist. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there is... I personally, I struggle with... I love the idea of having a relationship grow from a friendship. But I'm mm-hmm. also such a romantic that if I have any type of connection with somebody that I'm attracted to... I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be so cute. Like, if, if they felt the same way, and I, then I go on my weird mental tangents, as yep. we've talked. Um, so I struggle with if I have any type of feelings hmm. of just, like, this person is awesome. Yeah. Reeling it back. Okay. And being like, if <coughs> if it is a man, like, uh-huh. being like, okay, let's take, let's let's just be friends. Let's enjoy this. Let's enjoy the ride. Um, and if it comes something later, let it, I struggle with that. Um, but I have had, but as I say that, I think of, I have had a lot of just like great guy friendships. Um, I mean, we, (laughs) I joke around a lot about how in our, I know you don't like the, the concept of like a friend group. Um, but in kind of our group mm-hmm. of friends, our kind of social circle. I mean, we can talk about that definition anyway. Yeah. After, right after in, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> in kind of our <coughs> social circle, mm-hmm. um, as well as just like in like we, we we joke around a lot in our in our social circle that I end up kind of filling the role of like the guys group more mm-hmm. than the girls group because I go out and smoke with you guys and mm-hmm. we we can talk these long conversations and then um then like people kind of trickle out and it's Mm -hmm. just you me Caden, occasionally Mm -hmm. jared like it's 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 the guys hanging Mm -hmm. out in the in the garage plus Kristen. Mm -hmm. um so i do have quite a few like great Mm -hmm. male friendships yeah um and even when i was living abroad i had a lot of great friends Mm -hmm. like a, a good group of like guy friends there that I never considered anything romantic, um, but I also wasn't really attracted to any of them, so I don't know how that would have been different if I had been like, oh, I could see this going somewhere, yeah. if, that change, if that would change the dynamic at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'm trying to be better about appreciating just the growth like the slow growth of friendships and meaningful relationships. Um, I am very much a zero or 100 type of person. Like I meet someone 
And if I think they're cool, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get coffee with you every single day. I just want to talk your ear off. I want to know you deeply and fully. And I want to ask you all these dumb questions like, like what you wanted to be when you grow up and like what your favorite color is and has that changed or like, um, (laughs) I don't understand the color question personally, but it's fine. I don't know. It's just, that was always the thing. What's your favorite color? I was like, I don't have one. And then they'd be like, you have to pick one. I'd say gray. They're like, that's not color. And I'm like, well, that's all you're getting. I just, I, you know, you have those like little questionnaires. It's like 300 questions to get to know someone. I want to go through every single one. If I meet somebody and I like them. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. fun to do with a stranger. Really? I think it'd be, I think it's exciting with people you know. Because then you find mm-hmm. these kind of pockets of them. That, like, you wouldn't mm-hmm. think like. You don't talk about dinosaurs in your everyday life, but then, like, when you were growing up, what was your favorite dinosaur? What dinosaur you thought was cool? Like, mm-hmm. dumb things like that. Like, mm-hmm. there are things about Amanda that I'll go through, like, one mm-hmm. of those dumb little questionnaires and be like, mm-hmm. I don't know what this would be for you. Mm-hmm. What is it? Oh, I'm terrible at that. I tell Amanda that I think it would be hilarious if we went on one of those game shows where you're supposed to, like, know your spouse and stuff, because I would get everything <laughs> completely and entirely wrong. Because just, I'm just not that kind of person. I um, love stuff like that. And that's, I think, that's no. one of the reasons that I'm, like, not to not to pat myself on the back, not to toot my own horn, but I think that's one of the reasons that I'm pretty good with gifts, mm-hmm. is I just remember dumb shit about people. Like, yeah. really dumb things. Like, we'll be thrifting, and somebody will mention casually, like, oh, I'm, I'm really looking for this specific type of lamp. Mm-hmm. Or, like... Oh, my, my wallet is wearing thin. And so then mm. that's filed away mm. in that side of my brain that like yeah. could be used for important things. But instead, <coughs> I'm like, I see it. I'm like, oh, they might like that. They're looking mm-hmm. for that. Or yeah. like, oh, I remember them talking about how they were interested in this one thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll pick this up for them. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how I have always approached friendships as well as I'm trying to be better about letting things mm-hmm. progress naturally and like yeah. slowing myself down and mm-hmm. enjoying just the build of like getting to know someone slowly and yeah. like deeply and intimately mm-hmm. um without it being like i need to <laughs> um like i need to force anything um as well as i think for a while i i mean as we were saying before we could have a whole separate conversation about our past traumas and like our childhood traumas and like family issues Mm -hmm. and such um but i think growing up with not a great relationship with a lot of my family members i kind of was always seeking out deeper connection through Mm -hmm. friendships um and i had a lot of friendships throughout elementary school, middle school, high school, that I was searching for that and people just weren't on the same level. And so then, you know, Mm. I would have really like heartbreaking, almost like friendship breakups. Yeah. Like I, I was a firm believer in having like your tight knit circle of everyone's (coughs) so close and connected. We all love each other and support each other Mm. so strongly. Yeah. And you know, high schoolers are jerks. High Mm -hmm. schoolers are horrible. Even if you... Even if you're close, even if you're friends, you can still do things that hurt each other and are still mm. dumb. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and so I would have friendships that I put so much stock into. Yeah. And then something would happen to like, <laughs> ir- like irre- irreversibly tear mm. us apart. Yeah. And it would be heartbreaking for me. Um, 
See, that's interesting because I, I would, I agree with you. I'm also a big proponent of that. But if I recall, you, um, what's the word? Gosh, dang it! See, I'm telling you, this is just happening to me all the time. Um, you've disagreed with my, with what you believe my standards of friendship has been in the past, if, if I'm not mistaken, which yeah. kind of turns back to the reason I don't like the term friend group mm-hmm. is because it implies that there isn't, that everyone is on equal grounds. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that's the case. My either. issue with it is that everyone acts like it and they say yes. that they are. But then in reality, that's not the case, which is fine. I don't like the idea mm-hmm. that you have, let's say five people who are all equally the same kind of friend, yeah. equally as much friends with everyone else. I just, I don't, first of all, I don't think that would happen. Second of all, I, I don't even know how that would look mm-hmm. like, but it's a messy concept because the second that one person or two person or people or three people mm-hmm. runs into a situation where they aren't in with what the other people are doing and they aren't mm-hmm. a part of that now all of a sudden what the hell this is a personal <laughs> attack yeah. because the friend group has split up which is why i think it's great to have people and friends mm-hmm. and it's great to be friends with your friends but i'm a firm believer in being honest about your i don't know what, what's what's a what's a good term for it your your levels, the, um, well, yes, but the levels of friendships you have, yes. the, the, the hierarchy, mm-hmm. the pyramid, whatever you want to use, yeah. um, about being where people are and where that stands because it's only helpful. Cause then you don't run into situations being like, we're all best friends. Mm-hmm. And then someone being like, well, then why did you talk to these three people about this and tell them in, I heard from this and. And they're like, well, but these are the people I talk to. And it's like, well, okay, I'd love to be a person. You know, like you get, it yeah. gets messy. No, and for I, me, I <laughs> I like I like having individual people and individual friendships. What I don't like is the messiness of, mm-hmm. okay, well, if we're going to play this game, we either have to play it like really damn well or we, yeah. we just shouldn't play it. Yes. So I, <coughs> I wholeheartedly agree. If you had asked me a few years ago, mm-hmm. like back when I was in high school, I would have disagreed because it was, I have, I've had mm-hmm. a situation like damn near exact to what you're describing. Mm-hmm. So not like without naming names, I had a group of friends. It was me and three other Beatrice, girls. Beatrice <laughs> and Gabby and. So it, was, it was me and three other girls. Amy with an I-M-E-E. <laughs> anyway, it was me and three other girls and yep. we called ourselves the square because there was four of us so it was like <laughs> oh my goodness wow we okay. made shirts that and everything we had a sleepover where we crafted a girl cute thing little shirt, that is such a girl and we thing. had all our we had each little nickname within the fine. group yeah um and all these things we met through theater and so we were in shows together and we would entirely hang out with each other yeah and just we were all in we had all these Tons of sleepovers over the years of just like mm-hmm. probably just pissing the hell out of our parents because we were just obnoxious <laughs> yeah. high school girls. Fun. Um, actually, this was more like middle school. Yeah, middle school, early high school. Um, 
but we kind of, I had that expectation of, it was the four of us against the world. Yeah. And we were all in it together. We were all on the same mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Um, and then one of us just was extremely dramatic mm-hmm. um, and just started all of this drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of tore us apart because mm-hmm. it was specifically aimed towards one of the girls in our group. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two of them were fighting. I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. So yeah. I was trying to support everyone because mm-hmm. that's what we always said we were we were all of us mm-hmm. or nothing yeah, yeah, yeah um and so then i'm trying to kind of play both sides yeah and so the girl who um we'll call her b like she, it's beatrice <laughs> <laughs> she was like she's just getting all of this crap thrown at her yeah and she sees me sympathizing mm. with the other girl who's attacking yeah. her because i didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. And so then she's like, why aren't you defending me? Why aren't you mm-hmm. there for me? Mm-hmm. You're not the friend I thought you were. And here I am just trying to keep the group together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, and it clearly wasn't happening. And so then there's just this huge rift between all of us mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to like function. Yeah. Um, and it was extremely, extremely hard because I had not like, not to mention, I just have a bad habit of kind of placing my mental health on others yeah. like I when I'm in a bad place I am like I just need to be with people I love and people I care about and so then when people kind of like fall or let that down I'm like I don't know how to handle myself mm. like I'm floundering um, and so then I had all these people who were like if I have a bad day I hang out with them and it makes me feel better yeah. um, and I support them because mm-hmm. I can't support myself mm-hmm. and so then I had no people to kind of lean back on yeah. and I just like crashed hard because all of my support systems, all the people that I thought were really in this, yeah. weren't anymore. Um, but then at the same time, I had a small group of friends in high school, mm-hmm. like in my actual school, mm. outside of theater that was like very much, very chill. Like we all kind of hung out at lunch, occasionally hung out on the weekends mm-hmm. or like after school, but it was very, very casual. Mm-hmm. And they would have times where like some of them would hang out. And I would not be there. And so mm-hmm. then they'd be making like an inside joke later. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like, why was I not invited to this? Where was I during yeah. this thing? And I had no concept of healthy boundaries mm-hmm. between friendships, <clears throat> understanding <clears throat> the dynamics <throat> of friendships. Yeah. And yeah, I think there is something definitely about having, just like we were talking earlier, different kinds of friendships, yeah. things that you take from different people. Absolutely. Um, but I had no concept of that because mm-hmm. I was so like struggling to find people that I related to struggling to find people that I could be like just 100% in, mm-hmm. um, that I thought everything needed to be that way. Yeah. Um, and I've since then like learned ways to kind of like balance that. And so mm-hmm. I have friends now who are like, I don't talk to you a ton, but every once in a while, like you'll tag me in something cute on Facebook. And so mm-hmm. I'll like, I'll like it. Or like, I'll ask you like how your family is. And like, very very surface level but like you know i know that you're you're there and you're thinking about me but we don't have to hang out all the time and then i have the people like you like amanda Mm. that i want to talk to on a Mm. consistent basis um the thing that i do that i've that we've kind of had like kind of mixed feelings about is (laughs) 
you may you said something about how we weren't friends we were like acquaintances or something like that yeah. and so i kept like prodding you and making that joke of like oh <coughs> jordan and i aren't friends so i don't know like i i probably shouldn't show up because jordan doesn't want me around i'm not his friend and i i know totally... you're my wife's best friend uh-huh exactly yeah. Yeah. um and i <laughs> i i understood where you were coming from because we hadn't <laughs> We hadn't gotten to sit down and just talk. We hadn't spent any time together. Well, well, no. Yes. This the one that I'm talking about is recently, like just within the past, like a few months ago. You had said something about like, "What do you mean we're not friends?" And you made that, and you said that because you're like, "Well, you haven't made time for me, and we haven't been able to sit down and have one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. We've seen each other in group settings, which I I agree to an extent. You have mm-hmm. to put intentionality, and mm-hmm. you have to put effort yeah. into friendships to keep them alive uh-huh. yeah completely agree with that mm-hmm. i do think there is something to say <coughs> about having established friendships and established mm-hmm. relationships yeah where you can say i need to take a step back mm-hmm. not because of you but because mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i am working on being better about communicating with that because yeah. again i had <laughs> i've been through the ringer with like just broken friendships and yeah. broken relationships but like it's been like I had a friend for two, three years where mm-hmm. her and I were both going through a lot, yeah. like mental health wise, family wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would Skype for hours up until 3 a.m. until we mm-hmm. were falling asleep on the phone yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she came and visited me a couple times when I was living in Vegas. Um, she was kind of there when I felt like no one else was. But at the same time, because we were both going through so much Mm. it became like an unhealthy like give and take of we just needed each other to survive Mm -hmm. we couldn't survive outside of that it became Mm. like a toxic cycle of like anytime i don't talk to her i feel like my mental health is so overwhelming that i don't know what i'm going to do with myself um and so i was going through a really hard time and i'm like i need to i need to step back i need to not talk to her for a while Because it's clear that I'm depending on her for things that I should be depending on myself and God on. <clears throat> yeah. But I didn't communicate that at all. Mm-hmm. And I should have. Um, and so our friendship just completely fell apart to the point where, like, I just, I didn't talk to her for ages. And she mm-hmm. was left kind of wondering, like, why, mm-hmm. what she had done wrong or if she mm-hmm. had done anything wrong. Yeah. Um, because I did not communicate that. I did mm-hmm. not say, hey, I'm going through this. I need to take a step back. Yeah. Um, and granted, there was a lot of unhealthy things <coughs> happening on her side as well. It's yeah, kind of yeah. a two-sided deal. Mm-hmm. But since then, mm-hmm. I try very hard to like communicate how I'm feeling and mm-hmm. where I am in terms of levels of friendship because I never want to make anyone feel like I'm not prioritizing them or it's their fault or they did, they did something wrong. Because mm-hmm. it's usually not like that. It's usually just sometimes I <coughs> let myself kind of not take care of myself and push it away because I'm like, oh, I'm seeing friends and they make me feel better, so I'm better. <laughs> and I'm not. It's just, yeah. I'm having a good time in the moment. Yeah. I I think, well, communication is obviously the most important thing. I think a lot of it is is very contextual, though, because that's how we, that's how we gain, that's how we take in communication mm-hmm. that isn't said. So like Brendan and I, we would, we would go through 
month or two of not talking to each other. Not discussed. Mm-hmm. And then we'd come back. Um, but I think because of how... I think for a, for a couple reasons. One, because of how intensely we had communicated in the past and the kind of friendship we understood we had. Mm-hmm. Mixed with <clears throat> um, knowing that that's the place we were in in general, right? We were coming home. We were... When we were in these kinds of places, it was like, okay, I'm going to work and I'm coming home mm-hmm. and I'm going to work and I'm coming home. You know, I think where things get, tend to get really mucky with people is, is, is when, like you were saying, you don't communicate, but when there is no communication and things seem to either have not changed or have even gotten better with other people is where mm-hmm. I think a lot of that lies. Cause you talk to people about their group dynamics and friendships. And mm-hmm. I think with, like I sat down with Sarah and I sat down with Caden and have had, and had really intense conversations about <clears throat> all I, about for me, what I like to know and what I just don't think people sit down and do, and this was a new thing for me when Brennan did it with me and it changed my idea of relationships, was to sit down and be like, okay, like what is this relationship to you and kind of friendship? And what kind of friendship is this? Mm-hmm. And to have a security of that and to understand it is to allows you to fall out and fall back in and, yeah. and be like, I mean, with... With my oldest friend, Devin, he, and I, I think went two years without talking and went like three or four without seeing each other. Something crazy, some large amount of time when he went off to university and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, but that didn't change anything. Like mm-hmm. we had always had that kind of relationship where we could leave and come back and nothing changed and everything was fine. Um, <clears throat> but if things were different, so I think with, like if Brennan and I had spent two months not seeing each other, but I knew that he was coming into work and he was hanging out with the other people at work or he was doing all these other things, I would have been like, well, here's my confusion. Mm-hmm. This is the relationship that we've talked about and we've said we've had. And this is a similar, if not the same, if not possibly greater dependent mm-hmm. relationship than the relationship you're talking about having with other people, with these other people. Mm-hmm. However, you're, we're not talking. You're not talking to me. We're not making that time, which is fine. But that time is being made elsewhere, which is okay outside of the mm-hmm. fact that communication hasn't taken place. And yeah. so that leads you to have to reevaluate what your hierarchy is and where you might mm-hmm. fall on that hierarchy because that's the only way people really – I mean – what is it? It's called ghosting, right? Yeah. Is that a very, it's a very common thing I hear. I feel like there's another term that I hear, but maybe ghosting is the term. I don't know. But I hear people talk about that, yeah. about doing that in general and that being, or whatever it is, ignoring someone basically, not mm-hmm. really responding to them and fading out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so it's hard to not know, to know whether or not that's happening. And I think... From my experience with different situations and just talking to people about friendships and specifically when it comes to group things, when you know a lot of people. And I mean, we can both relate to this when it comes to theater Mm -hmm. and in large, chaotic friend groups. Oh, yeah. Um, 
that there's very little communication and you end up having to figure things out for yourself. And it, mm-hmm. it becomes this like, the, the, the turnover is quite large oh, with yeah. a lot of people. And, <clears throat> and it's okay if you're not great friends with someone, but it is, <clears throat> it's difficult to go from we're really close or we are close mm-hmm. to being like, well, okay, but you're close with this person and this is your relationship with this person, which will be different. But like, if you can see that person five days a week mm-hmm. and you can't see me for three weeks, what does that mean? Like that has to mean something, yeah. right? Like, and, and so I think the problem that we run into with friendships and relationships specifically in group dynamics is that is not that it's a problem that we have these different kinds of relationships mm-hmm. with people and that we go to different people for different things. I think that's good and healthy. The hard part is not communicating the first place, the solidarity and the kind of relationship you have with someone and then mixing that with communication as you go mm-hmm. of being like, hey, I'm just not in the place. Or, you know, or saying right this second, I need space from this. I'm looking more for this. And these people are that. Yeah. Or again, just laying out in the first place. No, no. I want you to know I do care about this relationship. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me when you're having a hard time with this relationship and mm-hmm. that's because I want to know. And I, that might be, actually, that might be a big core thing is because I think a lot of the time people, you'll have people feel left out and they'll say something mm-hmm. and the other person will be like, well, I, hey, I just need this space, okay? I, you know, that that's my prerogative. I can't always feed your needs. Yeah. And that is true. But that's a different kind of relation. That's not a family mm-hmm. relationship, right? And that was something I had to, my mom and I argued with um, last summer or autumn or something was, in my opinion, from a, a standard concept, from a, you could talk about a religious concept, from any kind of concept where family is in an extremely a choosing love, high functioning mm-hmm. connection that it, you are placed in and you have to work at yeah. for the betterment. It is like an arranged marriage family is in, in what mm-hmm. you were talking about. That's not an option. The communication of you're not doing well and I am so sorry, but I'm not doing well and I can't, I'm, we can try, let's figure out what we can do. And it might not be anything. Yeah. It might be, I love you text once a week. That might be it. But like, mm-hmm. let's figure this out versus, versus someone being like, listen, I can't just always be there for you. You, you have to learn to figure things out on your own, mm-hmm. which is not that that's not true, but that's, if, if you are in a relation, I can't imagine doing that to one of my family members unless I have been trying to help them over and over and over yeah. again, and they just have, and, and they are continuously, yes, that I am, I am actually a crutch. Like yeah. there's a difference between being a crutch and someone being like, I am, I'm struggling tremendously, and I am in great need, and I'm not asking for you to give me all your time, but I, I need more of this relationship. Mm-hmm. I need just for us to sit down and talk once a week or something like that. And even if the other person can't give it, the the wanting to help and, and 
give in that relationship because it's all about self-sacrifice mm-hmm. yeah. is paramount. And when that doesn't happen, you question the to the extent of the relationship because people will talk forever about being best friends, about yeah. being the closest, oh about, you know, yeah. all that. Stuff. We're family. But how far does that actually go? Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you in my short amount of time being married, you don't get to be like, I can't give you anything. Mm-hmm. That, that's just not an option. It's not fair either because that person might not be able to give anything either. And you both can't give up. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. It is about doing everything you can. And that's part of the struggle. And it's part of what makes things better, right? Um, so I think the reaction, it's the, it's the setting up, it's the structure, it's the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then the reaction to those kinds of situations, which come often. And a lot of the time we miss out on having those healthy relationships because we're not sure whether or not we can be the person to say, hey, I, you are not being healthy. You're not being the healthy we talked about. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked. You told, you know, you had told me you want us to talk about things and to be open about how mm-hmm. we're feeling and how we think each other are doing. And we haven't talked and you haven't talked to me. And I know you're, you know, you're going through this or things are happening. Like, um, Caden's come and said that to me and I've had to say it to him of like, we've had this conversation and I've done it with Brendan too. We have, you have told me that you want me to tell that this is how, where you want us to be. And sometimes the person can go, I understand. I said that. And I do agree with that. Here's where I'm at right now. I'm not able to fulfill this. Fine. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. Or they say, you're right. Thank you. But if that isn't even an option. Yeah. Then the relationship hasn't been established enough to survive unknowns. Yeah, it's it's a mutual reciprocation. Yeah, for sure. And it's and it's got a lot of it's definitely got a lot of moving parts to it. Um, mm-hmm. you want to pause this now, and we can maybe finish up after either tonight after the worship night or tomorrow morning. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Okay, so we'll pause on friendships, and be back. All right, we are back. Now, over a week later. I was thinking about that, how yeah. weird that is. Like, to us, it was. It's like mm-hmm. a week and a half, a week and a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the idea that, like, people will be listening to it, mm-hmm. and it's just instantaneous. Yeah. Like, the passage of time is non-existent. That's crazy to me. Well, I, I was listening to the last ten seconds, and it was me saying, do you want, should we finish this up when we get back, or tomorrow morning? Oh, yeah. And we were like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and then we ended up doing Taco Bell and Wendy's no. and just never and, getting around and to it and so, Yeah, and it just didn't happen. <laughs> and then the morning was busy and then here we are. Yeah. A week plus later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we, when I was listening, we were talking about friendships and we were discussing, we had another, now I don't remember, but we had like one more specific, or I did, specific mm-hmm. topic um, within the concept of friendships. Okay. And I don't remember what it was now. So I guess, like, this is a really bad way to start this finishing <laughs> up. Um, but I, what we were discussing was my, from what I remember, from, from what I gathered from the quick second I heard, is, is um, laying the foundation of a friendship, understanding where you stand with each other, mm-hmm. like, um, in calling each other out on things and being honest about how you think that they're doing and and stuff like that laying that out in the first place to then be able to do that later instead of if you haven't done that then you're just 
sitting there, you, you spend the whole time not knowing where you're at, if you mm-hmm. should say something, if you can, and that's from undefined friendship. At least that's what it seems like I was saying before. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, and I agree, definitely. I think also that kind of is a big kind of, like, like turning point to whether it's just, like, a casual, like, simple friendship versus if you're expecting, like, this is a friendship, this is a relationship, mm-hmm. this is an investment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when you care that much in a friendship, in a relationship that you're worth, that it's worth building like that, it's yeah. worth laying that groundwork, being transparent about what each person expects from it, mm-hmm. like, that is, that's an investment, that's mm-hmm. an actual friendship versus yeah. those kind of casual, like, surface-level friendships. Yeah. And um, I'm sure we've touched on this before, but, like, I, and <laughs> like we said... Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Hello? There we go. Okay, so this happened to Sarah and I, but last time it was actually my fault. Um, (laughs) I hadn't clicked on using the regular mic. Oh, okay. And so Sarah and I, the first 17 minutes Mm -hmm. of our conversation was through my computer's speaker. And I'm sitting here like, why are the, I don't know, the sound wave lines so small? And that's why. And I had registered it, but sometimes it... With one of my USBs on my laptop, it will it, it, it will be there and then it will be gone and stuff like that. So it exited out and it was back onto the computer again, I guess, in between the time that I had set this up. And I don't know. Anyway, so now they can actually hear us. Um, but I love that. As you were saying, um, the casual friendships. Versus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so deciding that, like, what you're investing and what you're mm-hmm. giving into it. Um as well we have like touched on this at some point i'm sure but for me and like we joked earlier in the podcast Mm -hmm. we could go on a whole rampage of childhood traumas Mm -hmm. and familial issues and all that stuff but to me because of just a lot of things in my past with my family Mm -hmm. i i do consider like the friendships that i build and the really strong relationships i build like my kind of found family my family of christ um because they're people that i am investing and are investing back Uh um and so that's kind of an important thing for me when i'm like taking stock in my friendships yeah um because that is such a big thing is like granted you'll never have that bond of like growing up together or things Mm -hmm. like that but there is something to be said about saying i'm going to put you first and i'm going to do something that maybe isn't always fun for me like Mm -hmm. being vulnerable or, you know, being honest with you or, you know, putting this thing first because Mm -hmm. it's important to you versus, Mm -hmm. you know, stepping back from things for myself because of that. And I think that's something that you do for both family and the friends that choose to do it for Mm -hmm. you. It's just also recognizing if that's reciprocal or not, because then you get into the the nasty spiral of, are you giving too much Mm -hmm. when other people aren't pouring back? I mean, that's what marriage is, too. I mean, making that definitive decision. But I I think what becomes confusing... So, for me, I... Another part of the equation is time. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it's purposeful, how much time have I or do I spend with someone? So, if... 
let's say there's a group of people and someone that I don't know is there often Mm -hmm. because they're friends with someone that is within that group. And so now this person is kind of becoming more familiar. Mm -hmm. For me, okay, I'm seeing this person multiple times, let's say multiple times a week. That's not the case anymore with anything, but Mm -hmm. I I keep thinking about being in high school (laughs) and having friends. Um, Seeing this person multiple times a week. Okay, well then, to me, as long if it's the right kind of friendship, obviously, or right kind of friend group, if it's a group of people that are generally casual, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it's people, if everyone else I know pretty doggone well, and there's one person there that's there often, mm-hmm. I, to me, I'm going to go, okay, I need to know this person, understand who they are, yeah. because I'm spending time with them. Like, that... I, if I'm going to spend that much time around this person... Mm-hmm getting to know them more or less, but being in their company, I want to know about who they are. I want to have an established relationship because I don't know. Otherwise it feels very weird to me. It feels wrong and it feels, and I'm such a time person. It feels like a, not a waste of time, but I I guess I'm not positive how to describe Mm -hmm. it, but it's for the same reason. Like I don't have casual relationships really. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't feel like I, have it in me to have that. I don't have enough in me, enough energy, enough time to have casual relationships. So if I'm going to have relationships with people, they have to matter. They have to mean something. They have to be important. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I can have a group of people that I have that relationship with, but then there's this new person in there and they're there all the time. Part of me is like, okay, well, you're in now. So like, (laughs) we got to figure this out because otherwise this is weird and awkward. This Mm -hmm. is a different group of friends because it's gone from being a bunch of people that are close to being a bunch of people that are close and then this other person that's casual, but I'm seeing them just as much. Yeah. (laughs) Which, I mean, that's, that sounds, I'm sure, ridiculous. No, that that completely makes sense. There's, there is a level of awkwardness around that because like, yeah, you have these people that you have an established like baseline rapport a baseline kind of understanding of like Mm -hmm. this is who i am this is how i joke this is how i communicate this Mm -hmm. is how i spend my time very just simple like understanding of humans type things Mm -hmm. and then you have all the deeper stuff like i've shared this with you Mm -hmm. and i've been vulnerable in this way with you um, and then you have this person that is seeing parts of you, but not seeing the full picture of you. And so, mm-hmm. and like vice versa. And so then the entire dynamic is thrown off. First mm-hmm. of all, like everyone yeah. is kind of trying to find their footing, mm-hmm. but as well as that, like you, it's like, how do you connect with a person that you don't have those baseline understanding of, but because there's already that understanding group dynamic, you're bringing a new person in and it's not like everyone's meeting everyone for the first time. So mm-hmm. everyone is establishing that understanding. Yeah. It's just this one new person that like you don't have the social mechanics mm-hmm. to figure those out. Like that's yeah. why so many people like th- that's why there's that whole like stereotypical like new kid in school yeah. like thing in mm-hmm. like cinema and Hollywood because if they're coming in say like middle of the school year. People have already found their groups. People yeah. have already found their dynamics. They mm-hmm. already understand like how they interact well and who they don't interact well with. Mm-hmm. And so then you're trying to bust in on all these groups that already have that baseline. Yeah. And so then, yeah, it is very difficult. <clears throat> and it's usually when that happens, it's somebody bringing that person into the group. And so then yeah. they already have their own dynamic. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's like you don't have any of those kind of like we're all meeting for the first time. Let's understand each other. Let's ask dumb questions like mm-hmm. what do you do for work? Yeah, yeah. What do you do as your hobbies? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's awkward to ask those questions because it's like I've seen you for like a month now every yeah. once in a while like multiple times a week for like a month now and you're in mm-hmm. this group apparently now but I don't know anything about it. Do you have you. a sibling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Did, like did you grow up here? Were yeah. you born here? Like yeah. who are you? And you become very accustomed to people's outer personalities. Mm-hmm. Um that sometimes you forget that those things exist. And I, there's always, I mean, a large part of why I'm doing these podcasts is because I know that there's so many things I don't know about the people that are around me mm-hmm. um, and that I spend most of my time with. And so there's always new things, but there's definitely a lot to be said for someone that's brand new. And the, you, and every time someone steps in, it changes the dynamic of how mm-hmm. things function. Um, we talked about that in the summer because we talked about how you changed the dynamic of the group where it was, you know, myself, Jared, Caden, mm-hmm. Amanda, and Sarah. And you came in, and that was a very different dynamic because Jared, Caden, and I knew who you were, yeah. but we didn't know you. Mm-hmm. And you, Amanda, and Sarah had such a long history. Yeah. And you guys had your own way of communicating, your own inside jokes, mm-hmm. your own memories, your own all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you had a lot of them. And so that changed the entire dynamic because we, because Jared Caden and I couldn't connect with those things. Yeah. Um, but they were obviously very important to you guys. And so when you guys would talk about that stuff, we didn't know how we could relate to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm. it's possible you felt the same way if we, when we brought up things that you weren't around for. It's, so it's you're so better at that than me. I'm not good at that. Kind of. I, I'm, it's very interesting to hear your like, mm-hmm. side of view of that situation. Because <clears throat> yeah. I was just talking to a man about this. Was that like, for me, how it really felt was, because we did, we had a couple years of just Mm. being very, very close. And like in the summer, once I was off of school, it was every day or every other day, Mm -hmm. I was texting one of them being like, Hey, are you home? Cause I'm already driving over. Yeah. And then I would just pull up outside their house Mm. and we'd go for walks or we'd go like down Mm. to Starbucks or like we'd Mm. do whatever. And it was just constantly in each other's lives. And then around the same time that you guys started getting really like heavily into their lives, Mm the exact time that I moved away. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like this whole, like this whole new world was starting for them. Mm-hmm. And I was literally just being ripped away from my own world. Mm, and yeah. so then coming back just every so often, like when I could visit every few months or so, um, it was like hopping back, not only into like a past life <clears throat> and trying to like understand my own feelings of like, you know, am I the same person that I was back when I was here? Like, I feel like an entirely different person. It feels Mm -hmm. like I'm coming home, but not coming home at the same time. And then also feeling like I had like missed an entire, like just an entire side of their lives. Mm -hmm. I was missing Mm -hmm. a part of them as well as I wanted to know you guys so well, like so much. And I wanted to be on the same level as they were with you. 
And mm. I, like, it was so hard because I just felt like I had been ripped out of time. And I was trying to make up for it constantly. Interesting. Um, and every time I would jump back in, it was like mm-hmm. I partially, like, I never left. Mm-hmm. And then partially, like, it had been a decade since I had seen anyone. Yeah. And... And it was the same thing where, like, you guys had inside jokes and, like, mm-hmm. you guys had your own, like, group chat that was going mm-hmm. crazy. And so even now, every once in a while, like, Sarah will be like, oh, I was going through our old chat. Do you guys remember? It was just such a good time. Mm-hmm. And she'll go back, like, a huge archive years and years yeah, and years yeah. back on her Mac and just, like, live through it. And I'm just, like, I, I've, you know, I've been, like, fine with it for a while. And, like, yeah. we've obviously made up for that. Mm-hmm. And, like tenfold we've made up for that um but it's still so weird every once in a while to think about just how how out of sync mm-hmm. everything felt for a little while yeah that makes sense that makes sense i've been thinking a lot recently specifically in the past week about how it felt to be in in high school or late high school or whatever mm-hmm. years ago and have that kind of time to be like, hey, let's hang out. Let's yeah. just... And, and it felt very in the moment. It felt very relaxed. It mm-hmm. felt very not intensely figured out. It felt very casual because people didn't have as much going on. And so yeah. it, you didn't have to be specific on like times and starts and mm-hmm. ends. And okay, well, I can come after this. But yeah. then I have to leave for this and all that stuff. It was literally just like, hey, I'm driving over. <clears throat> what do you want to do? And then it's spending hours of just yeah. walking around or mm-hmm. driving to get fast food yeah. or driving to nowhere because you're kids and yeah. you can't do anything. Well, and to do to do little things for fun. Tiny things. And that, that's something that I... I realize I can't I can't remember the last time I felt like that. Mm-hmm. It was years ago. I felt like I had that time. Like even just and it's also probably because um the pandemic has <laughs> halted sporadic adventures. Adventures, yeah. specifically anything having to do with any kind of indoors. But like I was thinking about when we all you came back that one time we all went and got Chinese food. Oh, and we you rode know? the paddle boat. Mm-hmm. Oh. And we got the um when you and I got old fashions and the yes. the, the little shot glasses. <laughs> which was are... a little deceiving because it sounded like it was a good deal until they brought out cortado glasses. <laughs> and then but... we argued <laughs> at the Chinese table and everyone mm-hmm. was just watching yep. us. Well, and I, so just thinking about that, because that was like, hey, let's go get Chinese. Mm-hmm. And then let's go do something else after that. And yeah, I don't, it's been a long time. Yeah. Everyone kind of got, again, pandemic has hindered that a lot more, but mm-hmm. people got very, have gotten very busy. They have a lot more things on their plate. And, and that's very, I've been mourning it. A lot, because that's a different kind of, a different kind of thing. I mean, I, (laughs) Brennan talked about one time, we were, we were at um, Egg Harbor and we were discussing what, what was the topic? The topic was things that if either of us became like famous, Mm -hmm. famous, famous writers, like, like Hemingway or Fitzgerald, what the people that were obsessed oh, with our works, yeah, yeah, like okay. what the what the that. thing, like what what the oh, the values or whatever that I they would pull out of our that. writing, and and that. 
Brennan, one of the things Brennan said for me was like the innocent, the innocence of youth, the mm-hmm. purity and innocence of youth and um, the joy that comes from that and, and different things like yeah. that. And I was thinking about that because I was trying to peg down why that time in the moment even felt extended mm-hmm. out into yeah. early adult and for me, my early 20s even. Um, and yeah, I, there's, there's this it, sense of, of magic. Even yeah. when I was, even when I was working 60 hours a week, mm-hmm. I felt like I had that. I think it's because everyone else was free, mm. was not working as much. Yeah. You were visiting. Amanda did not work as much. And certainly none of Jared or Kaden weren't working that as much either. And so when I was free, everyone else was free. Mm-hmm. And so that felt very relaxed in that way. I mean, even though I, I mean, I had different times, like I had months, I had three months, two months of not having a day off. Mm-hmm. But when I was free in the evenings, people were free. And when I did eventually get things set up so that I had days off, people were free yeah. to do things and we would figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, hey, I have this day off now. We don't say that anymore. No one says I have the day off (laughs) anymore. It's who has time off, who has evening, or who has some free time. Or like, what are your weekends? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because everyone's weekend is falling on different days now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Caden works Sundays until Mm -hmm. at least one. Um, Jared, Caden, and I pretty much always work Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, So like, I'll have Fridays off and Sundays off, but I'll still do stuff like that's my those are my chore days mm-hmm. as well i do chores all throughout the week but those are my driving around those are my um dry cleaning and stuff like that and yeah. and it's just i realized how important it was to the friendships mm-hmm. to have those kinds of times because yeah. even when we make time to spend with each other it i don't know it feels different to me it feels very different in not as feeding Yeah. to me personally, even though sometimes it can be nice and sometimes it can be fun. It's not the same. It's, it, it certainly doesn't take me outside of all my other, all yeah. the other things going on, the other stress. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't forget about that. Yeah. And I used to in doing things because mm-hmm. just, everyone seemed very in the moment and we were very, it was very enjoyable. And even when everyone wasn't super close on a personal level, there was something to be said for that existence mm-hmm. among a group of people. Yeah. I, so I, I just miss. <laughs> so, um, the group chat that you left, um, because it was a mess because, it was because insane, I was, it was at a... work and I heard <laughs> ding, 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 okay. ding. So actually, fun thing, I recently just got a new phone, Uh um, and they've added this new feature that I'm really excited about, actually, where it doesn't go off and off and off and off and off. Mm -hmm. You hear the one, like, jingle, Mm -hmm. and then they stack. Mm. So you don't get a continuous bring, 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 bring. Okay. Well, I was getting the continuous. Helpful. Yes, it's I know. And I was at fun. work. And, and customers were staring. Completely fair. I do not begrudge you leaving the chat, but I am just mm. prefacing this by okay. you were not in the chat, which is why I'm bringing it up yes. now. Um, 
when Amanda was sleeping over at my house, we were going through just old photos and like mm. bringing up old memories and all of that. That makes me well. depressed and suicidal. Um, I don't know how you do that, but that's fine. I I focus on <clears throat> fun times. Any any time that I'm bringing up like stuff with Amanda, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a nice memory. It's not gonna be a bad memory. No, no, I know that. But then I say, oh, things were fun. And then I get depressed. See, see, I have the opposite. I have a problem looking forward. You have a problem looking back. And oh, being yeah. like, oh, this was such a good moment. Mm-hmm. And romancing the past. You romanticizing I, the past heavily. I, I romanticize the future and then get let down and depressed when it doesn't match up. I was just writing about that today. I It's it's wait, like my biggest downfall. It is my fatal flaw. <coughs> Um, what did I, wait, hold on. Now I'm trying to remember because I was writing about, um, what was I writing? Something about, I feel like most people dream and hope to mm-hmm. see their dreams in their future. And like when they're thinking that, mm-hmm. like that's their goal. And I feel like for me, when I dream, I just hope to see some of myself in my dreams like something that actually exists in the hopes I have. Like it's just something. Whereas I think people, oh, we're going to do this or this is going to happen. They hope that that happens See, in the future. For me, it's less of like hoping for the future. Yeah. And it's more just like my my depressive thoughts, my, ba- my bad thoughts kind mm-hmm. of manifest in the future. Like, oh, this probably like won't happen. Or like I'll go off on a little like dreamscape. Yeah. And... And then, like, I'll love the ideas and all these, like, great things that I'm getting from it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, well, that's never going to happen. It's all in my head. Yes. And so that's mind. kind of where mm-hmm. my thing, whereas, like, <clears throat> when I look back on the past, it gives me a bit more hope. As opposed mm-hmm. to ma- saying things aren't as good as they used to be. For me, it's like, okay, well, I've grown. And little me, I think, would be proud of big me. Interesting. It's kind of how I try and turn it. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> As we're saying, so we're looking back on all these old photos, and I found a video of one time when I think it might have been the day that we were talking about, actually, the mm. day we went out on the riverboat. Yeah. Um, we're driving into St. Charles. It's you and Caden in the front seat, mm-hmm. me and Amanda in the back seat, and you guys are harmonizing along to Broadway, Here I Come. Oh my gosh, and I have listened to that in years. It was, yeah, it was years mm-hmm. ago, and so I'm... I'm sort of like panning around mm-hmm. a little video trying to get you guys like singing and like yeah. the windows are rolled down just trying to capture <coughs> a moment. Yeah. And then Amanda says something dumb. I don't, I don't hear in uh-huh. the video. And Caden turns around and goes, I'm going to throw you out the window. <laughs> and then I say, Caden, I'm trying to get a nice moment. And all I hear is you're going to throw her out the window. And he's like, shut up. And I'm like, screw you, Caden. <laughs> And what it was a nice just moment. Very clearly, one, our dynamic has not changed. <laughs> but two, it was just so funny because it's like mm-hmm. moments like that that are just so yeah. inconsequential. But like we didn't know each other that well at that point. Yeah. We were just getting to know each other on mm-hmm. an actual level as opposed to like yep. I'm coming in every few months and I sit mm-hmm. on the couch across from you, but we don't really Significantly talk. Significantly more than we few months. It would people. be more than six months, I felt like. I was it trying was, to think back. There were a few times where you came closer together, but I feel like yeah. there were a few times it where was, you came So pretty typically it was too. at least near Christmas mm-hmm. and then at least in the summer. Yeah. A few times I came in like March. Mm. Um, so sometimes mm. it would be like three months in between. Mm-hmm. 
Other times it was a full six months. Okay. Um, gotcha. And Amanda only visited me once. I'd just like to say that. Yeah. I mean, you absolutely <laughs> made significantly more of an effort um, than she did. <laughs> but yeah, we, we didn't know each other well at that no, point. But no. it was just those moments <laughs> of like, we could just joke around and be mm-hmm. jamming out in the car. And we didn't need to be on this like deep level no. to just appreciate a moment. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I think... Yeah. I think there is something to be said about not holding up pressure to things and just mm-hmm. say, like, I think there are ways to find that magic in little things mm-hmm. and say, hey, guys, I'm whipping this up on the stove. Like, come over mm-hmm. if you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, like, again, because of COVID, things are closed and things are yeah, hard to yeah. make happen. But even just when we walked down to the river the other mm-hmm. day, that was just, it felt a bit like old times. It felt mm-hmm. a bit like... We were just kind of wandering down the street and enjoying the sunshine, and it didn't have to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's when you can just let things happen. It, uh-huh. it feels a bit more like that. It's not going to be 100% easy because our stresses have grown <clears throat> and our and our depression has grown. Well, everyone works um, at least five days a week now. Yeah. And we, we don't have the same with. weekends. Well, and that's just what I was thinking you're talking about driving into St. Charles and I was sitting there going when would we do that now? Yeah. Like when true. would we do that? It's especially hard. You're 45 minutes away. Yeah. Minimum. And Jared and Caden are now 30 minutes away from where I am. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's 10. But that's still we're significantly mm-hmm. versus before did you stay with them? Or mm-hmm. did you say you were staying with them? Yeah. And I then we crashed. were 20 minutes away. Yeah. That's a different story. Well, yeah, and, and then that You way weren't it's working easier. at the time. Amanda was working way less. Sarah yeah. wasn't working. <laughs> um, Jared and Caden were working minimal. Yeah. And yeah. I think also there is there was something really nice about us like all driving together, like going down <clears> together. <throat> yeah. Um, just making everything a part of mm-hmm. what we were doing. As opposed That's to true. now it is a lot of like, okay, we're all gonna meet here. Mm-hmm. Like everyone meet at your parents' house, or everyone mm. meet at the flat. In like, separate cars, too. In separate cars, people are coming from different things. And people, some people come late, and some, some people, people leave late, early. Some people leave early, yeah. yeah. So there isn't so much of a, a communal aspect. It's everyone's coming together for a pocket of their time, yeah. and then we're going our separate ways, as opposed to, let's create an entire mm. journey together. Mm. Let's drive there together. Let's not plan where we're going to eat. Let's yeah, just yeah. kind of... Like joke around and like fight over what we're gonna eat and like yeah it would be oh, well, hey what if open, we went so here let's walk over. yeah what if we went what if we went to St Charles yeah. today and I was like, like yeah okay we'll meet at you know the Dollaringos mm-hmm. at this around this car. time and we go yeah and like and oh townhouse is open let's look at the yeah books yeah and like little things like that go there and come back whenever we're done and mm-hmm. spend some time at their house in the evening or something or yeah, yeah I don't know it's it's definitely it's definitely more difficult now. And I'm... Oh. I'll definitely... I, I'm definitely struggling with it now. And we'll continue. I, I'm interested to see what the summer will be like with the changes. Because, I, I mean, I was just talking to Steph about this. That... I, <laughs> people are so done. We, what we were talking about is, you know, we, last summer, we used to... Amanda and I used to go over there once a week. And I was thinking back to that. We would have dinner out on their back porch. And, you know, that was just so much fun. And that was so nice. And then I thought, I was like, oh, it was because of COVID. 
-hmm. It was because we could sit outside six feet apart and have dinner outside. That's why we were doing that. Um, and, and stuff was saying how it's funny to look back at us doing that. And now they come here, we go there. And I was saying, I knew, I mean, that's how things happen. That's how it works. Like you get a short amount of time of fear enticed, um, uniformity. Mm -hmm. And then eventually people go, people just stop caring. And at this point we have both the vaccination. Yeah. Summer, which is apparently more difficult for it to spread in summer or something like that. Yes, yeah, Vaccinations mixed with that, with, with temperature, mixed with people are done. Yeah. People are so <laughs> done. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just very interested to see how the summer looks. Yeah. And how things function. Um, well, on a lighter note... Um... There is a good chance if I do end up moving closer to you guys that there will be a bit more of that. Well, things will be significantly magic. well, especially if you move into here. I yeah. mean, it will be easier for us to just do dinner, even if we're busy. We can do dinner yeah. together yeah. at minimum. <laughs> Amanda and I had talked <clears throat> about this like a million years ago, and we were just starting out as friends of just this <clears throat> cute idea of like full-on like friends like living Mm. right by each other and knocking on the door and just coming over and like Mm -hmm. just being like habitual and being like and just coexisting Mm -hmm. and like finding that happy balance of like space but also like just that casual magic yeah yeah having a person yeah functioning functioning together yeah Yeah. Um, which so that'll be interesting definitely and yeah. exciting. Well, and I miss that because despite the fact that it was very crammed and it is family, living at home was like that because mm-hmm. I didn't, me, Jared, and Caden didn't have the same schedule all the time, but you definitely would be home and then someone else would be home. It's like, oh, hey, you're home. Mm-hmm. Let's go smoke. You yeah. know, something. Let's, you want to play cards? Yeah. Let's do that. And because you both had spare time. And that's something I can't get now going over there because it feels so. eventful eventful it does it's not relaxed it's not casual it's not Mm -hmm. anything (laughs) only sometimes i'll go over there and i'll visit not a planned visit i'll stop by Mm -hmm. and people will be there and it that will feel like that there so looking Mm -hmm. back on two summers ago leading up to your guys's wedding amanda Mm -hmm. and i said that a lot was just we look back and that summer was so good for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons. We all were together for the first time in a while. Yeah, consistently. Um, consistently. Um, but it it felt like for the first time in four years that Amanda and I, at least, had reached kind of our old homeostasis, our unhappy yeah. like medium yeah. of I was staying in my aunt's, which granted mm-hmm. wasn't like a great situation, um, but it really did. It was, yep. once again, just waking up in the morning. What are you doing today? Well, mm-hmm. I'm coming over. We yeah, can work on yeah. this. Do you want to go for a walk? Mm-hmm. Um, and just having... Just, like, giving each other both mm-hmm. that kind of, like, this is where I'm at. Yeah. This is the time I have. And, like, let's yeah. let's just be together mm-hmm. doing dumb things. Yeah, yeah. And that's important. I'm hoping... Warmer weather, longer days, more things are open. Yeah. That 
we can get back to that in in some ways but it, it even that changes friendships it changes the way things function and last summer was very difficult and hard mm-hmm. in a mess in so many different ways yeah. and i just think that they're i don't know with with these things in mind these understandings and hopefully some more openness that will come back but i will have to see it, it, it's true that despite no matter how close you are with someone, I mean, things, they're not always going to be the same. Brendan and I haven't done a podcast in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, for one week, he had something going on and I had to work last week. And um, and we try to get the time in. I mean, this was started in order for us to have something to really hold us accountable to, to, yeah. to calling. Because it had been a while, but... We always fall back into it, but it's really hard not having that. And it's really hard when things are different and weird and and just everything's kind of messy. Because mm-hmm. when you're off, everything's off and friendships can be off. And yeah. there's supposed to be the things that are grounding, but that takes so much effort yeah. in crazy times. So. And so then you, you get trapped in that vicious yeah. cycle of, I know this will help me, mm-hmm. but also I don't know how to keep on top of that or put yeah. the energy towards that. Mm-hmm. And so then you can't, you just keep saying that of like, I'm unhealthy and I know talking to people I love will help. And I know being in the same space and having that support, having those grounding things will help, but I can't have the energy. And so then you'll never have the energy and it's it's cyclical. It just keeps coming. Oh yeah. It's really, it's a really bad. So hopefully, I don't know. Yeah. I guess we'll have to see how things turn out and how things progress, but I'm, I'm really hopeful and I'm. I really want to work hard because, again, last year was just so horrible for me from a mental health place, from a friendship place, all that kind of stuff. I had Brennan last year. We Once a week, we would sit and talk for at least 10 hours. Yeah. Once a week, uh, we would make that time. I'd finish work. He'd come here and we'd talk until the, late into the night. And that was really nice and helpful, but I, I'm going to need... He's not here this summer. I'm going to need connection and other things. And I think I think everyone needs something to yeah. give them some more life <laughs> after this past craziness. Um, 2021 here. summer is the summer of friendship. Wow. That I'm is... A, that no, right we're now. not ending on that note. <laughs> wow. That is an awful... That I can't believe uplifting. you just... This is a high school musical. <laughs> You can't say shit like that. I'm trying to wow. be uplifting. That's not uplifting. That's not uplifting. <laughs> is it really that bad? Yeah, that was really bad. Okay. I'm very disappointed in that. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. I need to stop saying things. Anyway, we should end because we're almost at three hours. So, wow. Right? Is that your that's longest? really long. Yes. I think the longest is oh, like two and a half. So exciting. Wow. I'm really glad that I that I was the one to break that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, but now hopefully it'll be a um, it'll be a competition. So if anyone's trying to break my record, I <laughs> dare you. I think Caden will try to break your record. I I will kill him. Okay, I will. There, kill that's a good him. note to end on. Caden will die Kaden at Kristen's hands. <laughs> dying. If um, oh, this is longer, is there anything else you wanted to say or? Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for coming. Yeah. For a second time. <laughs> yeah, of course. And we'll be back for fashion and literature. And mm-hmm. A lot of this travel. was rit- literature, actually, though. I'm adding, this, good... I'm adding in 
literature we did to have a decent, part of like, this discussion. What, half hour pretty decent, yeah. So like we can we can we can carve out more time for that and like yeah. designate specific podcasts to it. But we definitely didn't ignore literature. <laughs> Do like, we ever? No. <laughs> no, it's more it's distilled truth in an in a highly edible way. Ooh, how poignant. I didn't say that. Other people <laughs> say. All right. Well, all right. Then we'll end it there. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mhm.